These guys know more than your favorite team's general manager. These are the Armchair Athletes, hosted by Taylor, Terrell, and Clayton. The best place to get your craving for all the top sports. Only on CMRU.ca. Five students for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Armchair Athletes with Clayton. Terrell. Taylor. And Will. We're on the ball today. I think we're starting actually we started reading just break four. special. I was going to just say this. I was driving here before I was sitting behind that guy. Um, this is our first like on break time podcast. I think, right? I think we so usually too. take the week off. Yeah, so we do. It's getting we're pretty dedicated serious. This year, we folks. are. We are dedicated. So doing it for though, the fans, even though school is not on right now, walking through the hallways, it's dead quiet. We are still here grinding. So. Students take a break, but the armchair athletes we don't. Never, never quit. Do. Never, never quit, folks. Do. I can feel the forehead sweat coming down right now. We're just <laughs> going for it. Right off the bat. So yeah. we typically start with NFL. I think we should start with the MLB today yeah. because I playoffs honestly think, going on. I honestly think we can go M- NFL last to start. Oh, I think we do, oh, right. I think we do MLB, then hockey, then. Yeah, oh, crazy. Okay. Switch it up a little bit. Keep you guys Sounds on your toes. I know Zach is listening. He's probably like, oh, hockey second. Interesting. Okay. Usually we do hockey third, don't we? No, we do hockey second always. Hockey second pretty much, yeah. Yeah, anyways, that's okay. MLB Ooh. normally goes third. But, but I think we go for it. It's been very exciting in the MLB so far. I mean, these playoffs, there's been a lot of electric moments. Obviously, that ending to the uh, the second Philly-Atlanta uh, game was crazy, that double play to get Bryce Harper first base. Um, and if you followed it at all, you know that Orlando Arcia, the shortstop for the Braves, had a little – Equip it, Bryce Harper. After that, I'd say because Bryce Harper is the one who got out on that double play. He just said "attaboy, Bryce," you know, sarcastically. Um, but if you know Bryce Harper at all, he's pretty much like I don't know who you take over him at least in terms of the playoffs, just for batting. I, I honestly think he's like the most clutch player ever. He like might, someone says something about him, and it's just game over. Overrated. Yeah, he had the overrated chant. He had. There's been so many different things, and he always bounces back. He always does. Why do people still chant overrated in any sport? It, it just feels works. like a it chant that always, it always goes wrong. It feels like such like a high school basketball thing too. It's like that is true because immediately is. what I think <laughs> of is like opposing Julia fan Newman. section, and they overrated, and then the yeah. guy goes for like fifty or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> easiest <laughs> setup time. ever. Yeah. Easiest setup ever. But yeah, like um, Harper two home runs in that uh, in game three, and the Phillies are just kind of rolling right now. All I mean, those home runs were very nice, too. The second one, Loki thought it wasn't going to go out. I thought Harris was going to get to it, yeah. Because he, he was in full stride, and I was like, he's just going <laughs> to just scale the wall and rob this. And I was like, that would be kind of tough. He was but, pretty close. But it was it was a, it was was a another nice home run. It was more of like a, a moonshot. It was one of those ones that just doesn't yeah. carry, but just yeah. straight up. But I don't know. I, I love those angles when it's just like in perfect swing. Like it hits like the top of the bat, and it's like yeah, just, it's just perfect. Beautiful. Like the timing is so perfect. Yeah. Yeah, those are those are always nice. I'll say I'm not a baseball guy at all, but Bleacher Report must think I am because they were sending me every notification <laughs> that was possible during that game. It's, I was, it's actually really exciting. I was like, in it, I guess. I, I feel like I don't like. I'm very casual when it comes to baseball. Same. Something cool happens. I know what it is, and I know a bit about it. Mostly from playing MLB The Show. I'm not gonna lie. Like. My knowledge is basically based on that because I do like playing that game. So a lot of like my knowledge about that sport is like that. But when it comes to the playoffs, not gonna lie, this might be an outrageous take. I find baseball can be a little bit boring. 
boring at times. Sometimes, yeah, it can. Like, be. there's games that it's like, okay, like it's like one nothing finishes. Yeah. Where in regular season, I find that just kind of boring. The playoffs, however, when you watch those pitchers duel it out, it you kind of don't like. It makes you realize how good they are. Mm-hmm. Like when it is a close game. A postseason home run has to be one of the most electric plays in the sport. I was going to say, especially in Philadelphia, those guys yeah. go nuts. Like that whole thing that I saw on TikTok where they took the announcers off of Bryson Stott's uh, Grand, Slam. Grand Slam. Yeah, and it's just crowd noise. That was ridiculous. Like there's not many sports moments, especially in North American sport, I find, that you see like that crazy of of like a roar for I a think, certain moment. I think the obvious one, because we are Canadian, is the Batista home run. Yeah, but again, matched. another base, another I'm baseball, matched. like, moment. I find baseball, it's so, like, it can be quiet because, you know, like, yeah. like, that sport is quiet when the pitch is coming in. It's very, like, you know, everybody shuts up and it's very quiet until the pitch happens. So I find it more exciting, whereas usually other sports, it's, you know, basketball, it's defensive chant and it's the whole pl- the whole time you hear it. Whereas baseball, it's, like, it's kind of like golf. Where it's like dead quiet until something happens, yeah, and yeah. then it's crazy, which there's, makes it even more exciting. I find. Yeah, there's just so much anticipation with each pitch because there's so much uncertainty as to what can happen, mm-hmm. and you see it. Like you said, you mentioned the Bautista one. You think of uh, Joe Carter, you yeah. know, finishing off the World Series. There's just so many moments like that, and I think that playoff baseball is like top tier for just watching i would love to go to a playoff game live just doesn't mm-hmm. really matter which team mm-hmm. um that'd be that's a goal maybe. i think people just they just show up like it's yeah. just what they wait for like look at like minnesota they've had a rough go at it for the last whatever it is 15 20 years they were packed in the blue jay series oh, yeah yeah like just packed and it's like you watch a regular season game and there might be a quarter of the fans there and i just feel like baseball fans almost seem like they're very like Low key for the whole season, and then when the playoff comes, it's it's packed. Yeah, the, the atmosphere. I've only ever been to Jays games in Seattle, mm-hmm. and to be fair, for an away game, it's like pretty evenly split. Well, Jays it's and just because it's nice because it's the closest to yes. Canada, right? And all of Western Canada kind of goes. Yeah, and just the atmosphere in those games is like absurd. So I can't imagine what it would be like for a playoff game. Yeah, like I watched <coughs> Seattle play the Angels. So I think the other reason why I was busy is because Otani. Otani. It was probably, a li- probably a fifty-fifty split. If not, there's probably more Angels fans there. Um, anyone anyway, who came up to bat, it was just kind of a roar. Like it was just like it was very quiet the whole game. Seattle got smoked, um, and it's just like it's so crazy what certain players can do in that sport. Like yeah. Bryce Harper, like everybody is up on their feet when Bryce Harper comes up to bat, especially the way he's playing right now. It's kind of just a given that something good is going to happen. So it is exciting. It's one of the most ex- underrated, exciting sport playoff sports there is. I, I would say, so. probably not number one, but I think it's it's definitely up there when you actually sit there and watch. It has it. a lot of like moments that you could probably put number one, yeah. but overall, I don't know if I would. No, it's like I said, like continuous crowd chance. There's yeah. other sports that probably do it better. Like mm-hmm. I would say, college football is up there, but um, baseball for like single moment, like crowd is on. Baseball oh, yeah. is one of those ones because home runs. It's the best thing in the game right yeah or or like if you're if it's a closer and it's a one-hour game and he finishes it out and it's yeah like, and it's kind of the same thing and i think as well a huge part of that's been a lot of the top teams in baseball they either have went out or they aren't doing too well mm-hmm. i'm sure terrell's gonna talk yeah. about that yeah. here uh yeah it's just and yeah there's a lot of, there's been a lot of upsets one of the points i have here which is pretty funny because 
the American League East, you know, you talk about it preseason, it's kind of a bit of a juggernaut. You go into it, and, you know, Yankees obviously disappoint, but it's still, you know, all very good teams. They finished with the most, like, cumulative wins for a division ever with 480 Well, something. didn't the Yankees only finish, like, five or six games under 500 by the end of the year? It, was like, it, it wasn't like they, they even over 500. I was going to say, it's ridiculous to think of a Yankees team that had a disappointing season that if they were in any other division, they'd be top two. Yes. Like, it's crazy how much different that division. It's kind of like how we thought, Clayton, last year with the whole Eastern Conference in hockey. Yeah. Like, the worst team that made the Eastern Conference last year, record-wise, would easily be a two or three seed in the Western. Yeah. Right? It's just crazy how that AL East is so stacked that, yeah, the Yankees didn't have a good season, but uh, on the, among the standards of the rest of the league, it wasn't that bad of a season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm just looking at the standings here, like, Blue Jays would have been first in the AL Central. They would have been one game behind in the AL West. Like, the East is just, it's always a juggernaut every year. And now mm-hmm. with the Orioles coming into their own, they're it's even more so like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, like I said, most wins, I'd say it's like the best regular season for a division ever, just in terms of every team. And mm-hmm. then the AL East won zero games in the playoffs. Uh, so it was a yeah. bit disappointing. Uh, talking about the top of the AL East with the Orioles, uh, they got swept by the Texas Rangers. And that is the first time the Orioles have ever been swept since they called up their catcher Adley Rutschman. So it's in a series ever, ever since really? they called him up. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Um, and that that sweep has, alongside the way that Atlanta is kind of being handled right now, has brought up a lot of discussion with um, the way that the playoff seeding works and how it's kind of unfair that uh, you know teams can have the like, best regular season in the sport and then they go in and they lose three games and they're out. And I've seen a lot of that from different people, and I don't know if I really agree with it, the fact that it's unfair to these teams that, you know, they lose three games and they're done. Um, I do – I am I just don't know how you'd fix that. Like, if you'd extend it to a seven-game series, I guess, then you could make that argument, but – Yeah. Like, I, I kind of find it weird. You play 182 games in a season. Why all of a sudden in the playoffs when the games that matter, why are the series shorter? Well, the series aren't shorter, but – well, they're only best of five. Put it this way, hockey's best of seven. Yeah, it's and once you, get the to the, once you get to the championship series, it is best of seven. I know, but it's kind of weird how, like, the first round is just quick. I can understand wild card. Yeah. I can understand wild card. It's quick. Both teams are they're still technically getting into the playoffs-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I find it weird how the second through the championship, it's only best of five, best of five, then best of seven. Yeah. Is like, it, it's just kind of – I find that kind of weird, whereas they play all the games during the regular season. Like, why? Is it best of five, seven, and then seven? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is. Se- oh, okay. I thought yeah. it was it's five, five, seven. No, it starts. It's is it not three, five, seven, seven? Wild card. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, three, five. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just I, find it interesting how it's not just either seven all the way across or one, seven, 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 or like something like that. I just find it interesting how they play so many games in the regular yeah. season. Why mm-hmm. are they shortening? Yeah. Compared to other sports. I can understand that. I think also part of it is that, you know, you play that super, super long season mm, to then also to play an extra, like if it's all seven all the way through, to play then an extra 28 games at the end of the season is right. going to be mm-hmm. quite taxing on the players. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's just like, it's just the way that it is. Obviously, mm-hmm. if it did get changed to seven games, it's not gonna, I'm not going to like stop watching baseball. It's not some. I don't know if that many people would complain about it. I like, don't, I don't so know if either. players would really. Mind honestly, if you think about it, I bet you if you ask any of the ALS teams that are out right now, they'd probably like it to be a seven game series, oh, right? Yeah, well, actually, you know what? They'd probably still lose every game, so they just get more losses on their record. Instead yeah, of fair winning enough. A game. Um, as far as I'm concerned, if you get swept, uh, chances are of you coming back. Let's say you lost three games in a row, you are you going to come back, back from 3 0 regardless? Mm-hmm. Probably not. 
Um, yeah, that's really all it takes. The strategy in baseball is so much different too, right? Because it's like, as much as it's a team sport, a lot of it's individual versus individual matchups mm-hmm. basing on pitchers and stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. you look at hockey, you look at football, you look at basketball, your whole team has to make an adjustment. So you find sometimes between game one, two, three, four, the whole team plays completely different. Whereas baseball, you have to just scout for the pitcher, mm-hmm. right? So, and every pitcher is completely different. Every pitcher has different pitches and different ways of throwing it. So maybe that's the difference as well. Like it would be harder to, like it's hard to analyze each pitcher differently. So whether it's seven games or whether it's three, it's still going to be tough Mm -hmm. making that much of a difference because you're not going to make that much of a difference uh, in adjustment on defense. Like you might get burnt in the first game and you, Oh, it was because you were shifted the wrong way a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we're going to shift this way this game. Like, yeah. it's not as much in depth on the defensive side of the whole team. Whereas I find, like, offensively, you're, you have to watch this pitcher. And then, oh, this reliever's coming. He hasn't pitched for four days. So, it, like, I don't know. Maybe that's why. It's just the adjustment thing is a little different than yeah. any other sport. But yeah. It's, it's, and I'm sure if I, like, looked into it a little bit more, I'd maybe understand each side. But. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's just like kind of a non-argument, and I feel like it's a little strange that it's getting brought up because the Braves are losing their series. Mm. And I feel like if they were winning, yeah. then they're not going to be um, part of it. It's just that the Braves are such a powerhouse in the regular season. Everyone expected them to move on, like myself included. And now they're down 2-1 to the Phillies. Um, you know, I think it's just the way that it is, and I don't know if it will ever really change. And honestly, I don't know if I have an issue with that. Um but speaking of that game, the Phillies and Braves, you have game four happening tonight. Obviously, Phillies could clinch. We have Spencer Strider pitching for the Braves, so that'll be an exciting matchup, kind of the Braves' ace. Um, I hope the Phillies win. I want to see, and maybe this is an idea for a future discussion here on the show. Bryce Harper is one of my favorite players that doesn't play on one of my favorite teams. Yes. I... It's just every, especially once you get to the postseason, Bryce Harper is always just so, so, so good. Yeah, it doesn't really matter how a season goes in the regular no. season. I mean, Although he had a good regular season. Yeah. Comparatively to his last ones, it wasn't the best, but he had that injury and he's been sliding around and uh, now playing first base. So there's been a lot of different mm-hmm. things happening, but yeah, he did have a... Yeah, which is interesting. This is his first time he's ever played first base, It's right? just because his shoulders, his throwing shoulders messed up. Yeah. No, I just find it interesting how they put him at first and didn't just keep him at DH, but I guess it's been working out. If you, fine. The only thing is if you don't have... If you have Harper at DH, then Schwarber is out in the outfield somewhere, mm. and Schwarber is like the worst <laughs> defensive outfielder in the entire game. Well, he's just yeah. too slow, yeah. So it's um, understandable, I guess, why they shuffled it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this Phillies team, they're just, they're just so much fun to watch. Like that Harper home run yesterday, obviously... After all the Orlando Arcia stuff was just, um, just really exciting to watch, and unfortunately, every time I watch a baseball team that's good, I just think of the Blue Jays, and it's like, how cool would it be if we had someone that was like that on this team? <laughs> and I think honestly, the last one we had was probably Jose Bautista, where it's like every time he steps up, especially in the postseason, every time he steps up, it could be like a game-changing at bat. They haven't really had a, like a slugger, they had, slugger in a well, while. Well, they had a one-two-three punch with him, Donaldson, and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say Ed Canacion is probably their biggest like slugger home run hitter they've had in probably a while. Uh I still put Bautista over him. I think but yeah, they're both very they're like obviously very both very good hitters. Mm-hmm. Um but it's just yeah, it just feels like the Blue Jays really don't have anybody like that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting that maybe from Vlad in his twenty twenty season, then obviously that didn't go according to plan. Yeah. But I just hope the Blue Jays find somebody, man, because Playoff baseball is so much fun, and if you know the Jays are a, 
a competent offense. It would be it's so much fun to watch teams do good in the playoffs. Yeah, because I don't think it was their pitching nearly at all. It no. was basically just their offense yeah. kind of just got shut down. Yeah, it was just it was just not not a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean Phillies look fantastic, and then you go over to the um, American League. I guess first I should say in the National League, I suppose. Uh, Dodgers, another team that got swept, which is <laughs> makes my it makes me. I'm filled with joy because I that love was, watching big market teams lose. That was crazy too because three game series it had. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the stat was when the last time the Dodgers were swept in a playoff series. I know it was like some absurd stat, but still. And I think it was 2006. Yes, that was that sounds right. I think I saw that today. It was 2006. I think the last time they got swept in a series. 2006 National League Divisional Series against the New York Mets. And they've made the playoffs like every year for the last 10 years probably. And they only have a fraudulent ring to show for it. <laughs> they got a Mickey Mouse ring. But that was that was a crazy game yesterday. Four home runs in one inning by the Diamondbacks. Lance Lynn is yeah. cooked, man. He threw that that one pitch. I can't. It might have been to Cattell Marte. It was a 92 mile an hour fastball, and it was like just below the top of the zone and right down the middle. And it's like good. I thought the Dodgers pitching lab would like maybe, you know, fix him a little bit coming out of Chicago and it just did not happen he did not look good and I think I don't think the Diamondbacks had won a playoff series since 2007 it's been been forever um which uh up until this postseason anyways which is kind of absurd a couple of those teams now the twins who fell yesterday as well got eliminated but they won their first playoff series as well I think since 2004 so it's good to see some of those teams haven't won in a while Get some exactly, success. and that is why the Blue Jays decided to lose to the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> they felt so bad for them that they just decided to, you know, pack it in early and let the Twins have the victory, um, which is, I think, pretty much fact. If you, I would not look it up if you're well, a homer. Sure, just I was going to say they sure played like that. So. Exactly, that's really the only explanation if you think about it. Because why else would they play that badly? Um, and that's obviously why they pulled Barrios early. You know, this just really it all lines up for that to be the case. Um, I mean, the Diamondbacks looked really good. I can't remember who their game one starter was. It might have been Brandon uh, Fat. Yes. Um, sorry, his name's spelled P-F-A-A-D-T, so I wasn't really sure how you were going to spell that. That's the Arizona guy, right? Yeah. He had a good start. Um, he did. The other day. And it was that was, he opened the series against the Dodgers, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Or no, he was, he was their opening series against the Brewers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. That was it was questionable, but uh, you know they went on to win. Obviously, sweep the Dodgers, who were looking like again like they're going to be a powerhouse going into the postseason, and then it just doesn't happen, which has kind of been their whole thing every year since that COVID victory. Um, yeah, and the Dodgers, Dodgers don't look good. Diamondbacks do look good. I like this Diamondbacks team a lot. Um, they're really fun to watch, and obviously, you know they have Gabriel Moreno. Uh, we can get into that. Lord is Gurriel played pretty Lourdes, well as well. Yep. Um, they just and Corbin Carroll is such a fun player to watch, and you know they have so many good players all across the diamond, and they're just a really fun team. So uh, I'm happy they moved on. And um, this NLD or NLCS, whoever wins between Braves and Phillies against the Diamondbacks, I think is going to be a lot of fun. Although I do think whoever wins between Phillies and Braves are probably going to beat the Diamondbacks. But you know it's baseball. You've seen weirder things happen, so. Yeah. Um, speaking of weird things, Jose Abreu has looked like a competent hitter for the first time in about a year. I think he has three. He had three home runs in that series against the Twins, 
after going for months and months and months at the start of the season without hitting a home run. So that's pretty crazy. I mean, the Astros, I don't want to – I was going to say I don't know what they do to make their players so good in the off, or postseason. That's poor wording based on things that have happened in the past. Um, but all their players just really seem to step it up when they get into the postseason and kind of in the same way that Bryce Harper does. Regardless of what their regular season is, they either um, continue to play at that level or exceed it. They don't They don't have a lot of guys on that team that get worse once the postseason comes around. Mm. Um, Jordan Alvarez is, again, up there with Bryce Harper with, like, best hitters in the sport, especially in the postseason. Um, and, again, just another very, very fun team to watch. So, yeah, they beat the Twins. They uh, they moved on against the uh, Twins. They're going to play the Rangers in the American League Championship Series. Between those two teams, I just have a hard time picking against the Astros as much as I want to. Um, they've just been such a dominant force in the postseason for forever. Yeah. That, um, you know, it's hard to pick against them. But, again, this, uh, this Rangers team went out there and swept the Rays, so... Like I said, anything's possible. Baseball, I think, a uh, lot of lot of variables in this sport. So, very easily could be a uh, Rangers win in that series, and it wouldn't surprise me. Um, what else do we want to talk about? I guess if we're, I'm just gonna say this right now. Yeah. Whoever comes out of the NL, I'm cheering for in the World Series because I do not like the Texas Rangers and I do not like the Astros. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's pretty accurate, I think. However, if the Rangers win, Marcus Semien gets a ring. That's so true. that's one positive. And after that, it's kind of hard to think of any others. I would like to see the Diamondbacks win. That'd be kind of funny. I think so too. Diamond, Diamondbacks would be cool. Um, I think because they were just god awful for so long. I think the team that I want to see the most is the Phillies. The Phillies, the Harper. Yeah. yeah, that's they're probably my second pick. But basically, I wouldn't really. Care. They're both pretty much tied. Yeah. Like it would be really cool to see Bryce Harper win another. Yes. One, but. but I will say this about the Astros: they're they're consistently a juggernaut within the MLB. And I mean, I think I don't think I'll ever like them just because of that cheating scandal. But I don't think at this point you can call any of their rings Mickey Mouse. Like they've no. pretty much proven at this point that they are a force to be reckoned with in the MLB. Yeah. And it's like. I'm getting I'm getting a little tired of the cheating talk too because it's gonna follow them forever. But it's like, give it a break. We're and how ha- mo- most removed. those players now on the team aren't aren't are no longer playing for them. Yeah, Alvarez, Correa, Springer, Alvarez is new. Yeah, so there's just a lot of different pieces in there, and it's like, I understand why you're mad, especially if you're a Dodgers fan. But this team's proven that they're good enough to win, uh, regardless of the cheating and whatnot. Yeah, um, they're good enough to win. So. I'm just yeah, I'm t- really tired of that discussion. The uh, another thing I wanted to bring up is Clayton Kershaw, who's Ooh. yeah, <laughs> playoff Kershaw was playoff in full Kershaw. force. That's maybe the worst example we've seen of it, and I'm wondering if this is like the last time we see Kershaw pitch, just in general, because that was a very very bad performance. Um, he had six earned runs, and I believe he only got one out. So I don't know what his ERA would be. It'd be like I'm in just the hundreds. Looking up his age here. He's close to 40. He's pushing 40, I'm pretty sure. 37, I think. Says he's 35. Oh, really? Oh. He's had, I believe he's had some injuries recently as well. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, he just didn't look good against the Diamondbacks, obviously, and he's had a lot of playoff woes in the past, and maybe he'll come back next year. I don't know. But um, playing for, playing only playing one out in that series, 
Jeez. That's you just yeah, you just really you can't come back from that if you're the Dodgers. That's a hard hard thing to come back from. Um Corey Seager, former Dodger, uh he had a five walk game against the Twins and he would have had six. I don't know I think that's the first five walk game in the postseason like ever, I'm pretty sure. Um so he is a generational talent at shortstop as well. Uh I mean, really the we're getting a lot of like Astros and Rangers is gonna be a really, really good series. I'm excited for that. Um Phillies Braves has been electric so far. Whoever wins that game and goes or this series and goes on to play the downbacks will be a really good series. This has just been a lot of there's been a lot of fun playoff baseball so far. Yeah. Um and it's been it's been great to watch. Uh, I'm excited to when this show's over, go home and watch the game four of Phillies Braves. Um, I believe it starts at six east. No, no, six Mountain Time. Yeah. So I don't know, man. That is going to be that's going to be a fun game. As much as I want the Phillies to win, I also kind of want to watch Spencer Strider go out there and just absolutely carve them up because Phillies fans are chanting, uh, "We want Strider" at the end of last game. So. I, that's I like, would like to see that that's game go another, to five, too, though. I was going to say, that's, that's the same that, thing as the overrated chance. I would like to see it go to five. Yes, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, it's the same thing as the overrated yeah. chance. It just it never goes well. And <laughs> I don't know. But I just – he's he's another guy that's really fun to watch pitch. Um, so if he just goes out there and dices, I think that would be, that'd be really fun. And then to set up for a game five, that would be pretty enjoyable. Um, Blue Jays news. There really isn't anything that's like fun to talk about. Uh, we had a Mark Shapiro press conference today. He said Atkins is coming back, and I'm pretty sure didn't Atkins say Schneider was coming back. Uh, I, I I just feel like it's like they haven't learned from their mistakes. No, and that's the most frustrating thing is you'd think that after this season and how poorly it went that there'd be the slightest amount of change. But if we're going into next season with the exact same um, manager, coaches, everything, and there's not a lot of you know change up in terms of players, why should I be excited for next year for the Blue Jays? I think really the thing is you got to ask the question too. With these people on our staff, are we going to win a World Series? No, I don't that's think so. The, but that's the ultimate goal within baseball is that you should get try and give yourself every advantage possible. to make yourself closer to a World Series. Mm-hmm. Having those two on your staff and not replacing them does the opposite. I think it takes you further back. And I think that's kind of an issue in all sports, and we'll get into it, I think, with the Jet Winnipeg Jets later today. But, like, it's just an issue in the MLB and all sports where it seems like teams don't try and win, and they just accept mediocrity. It's, it's yes, and it is... Mediocre, accepting mediocrity, not wanting to, you either have to go all in, and like the talking about ba- basketball, the Bucks did this off season going and getting Damian Lloyd. They could have just said, "Listen, we have Giannis. Our core is pretty good. We've gone to the finals before. We don't have to make any changes." And they didn't. They said, "Our window's closing. Uh, we can get better right now with this trade, so we're going to do that, even if it makes <laughs> us worse in the future." And I don't think there are a lot of teams that are willing to do that. And there also aren't a lot of teams that are willing to say this core is just mediocre. We have to blow it up and move on and tank yeah. and be bad for a little bit so we can be good in the future. So many teams are just willing to sit in that make the playoffs or make it just above 500 
or make our money and then yes, that's exactly. good for the season. And it's just it's so frustrating as a fan. Um like I'd I'd rather a team tank and then know that at least they have a set direction. Yeah. And in the next, you know, two or three years we'll have good new pieces, we'll have fun players to watch and it'll be exciting again. But I just I can't stand the mediocre make the playoffs lose every year and then go into the next season because it's fine because we made the playoffs and that seems like it's going to be what it is until there's like some major changes within ownership and management and everything else yeah um and then the other thing there was this uh shapiro press conference um this morning atkins had a press conference i think it was last week and essentially he just threw schneider under the bus yeah he said this is I seen that. schneider made that decision to pull barrios I was as surprised as everyone else. I found it at the same time as everyone else. And I have such a hard time believing that. There was – that decision was clearly made before the game. Yes. And I don't think uh, – and someone – one of the players alluded to that it wasn't John Schneider's decision. It was Whit Merrifield in yeah. the interview. Yes. I saw that as well. And hypothetically, let's say that that is true, that uh, Atkins and Shapiro had no idea that that move was happening. Schneider decided that all on his own – why is he <laughs> going to yeah. be the manager next year if that's true? It doesn't make sense. Like, if that was actually the case, why would you want him to continue to be the manager for your team unless you're just okay with losing all the time? Yeah. And maybe you are. I don't know. But it's just it's so demoralizing. At least if Atkins would have come out and said, listen, yeah, I made that choice. It was a bad choice. I listened to the numbers, um, and I shouldn't have. I should have let Barrios pitch. Or... Schneider comes out and says, yeah, that's on me. I pulled him too early. But it's just like the blame's just getting pushed around and no one's taking ownership of it. Yeah. And it's just going to end up in the same thing <laughs> at the start of next season where we have same coaches, same managers, and nothing's going to change. And it's just very, very, very frustrating. Um, yeah, I mean, mediocrity as a team is like Toronto is pretty – we're pretty good at that right now between the Raptors and the Maple Leafs and the – <laughs> Blue Jays, like, just were – they're all okay. Toronto is no I mean, the land. Toronto Argonauts are pretty good. You can hang your hat on that, Toronto. <laughs> you have a good CFL team. <laughs> You're the only Canadian team that gets to mingle with the Americans for sports, and then you just mess it up anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, this Blue Jays team, I don't know. Um, next week, maybe I'll come back and have more – uplifting news i'll have some free agents i want them to sign or trades i want them to make or something um but yeah this blue jays team is just so 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 frustrating and you know i'm sure there'll be something as the season goes along that'll make me excited again i'll get my hopes up and they'll be crushed again by october but you know it is what it is (sighs) we moving on then i think so all right that was a very sad ending to the MLB <laughs> segment. But. Next week will be better, I promise. I'll have something <laughs> for us. Uh, they're bringing back the home run jacket. That'll be the news next week. And if they do, wonderful, <laughs> fantastic. But you have to hit home runs in order to put it on. So, Just going to get the camera set up, and maybe since uh, this would be a good time to shout out as well the TikTok. Go follow it, at Armchair Athletes. Instagram, at The Armchair Athletes. And then Twitter, at chair athletes, Twitter slash X, whatever you want to call it, I don't care. Anyways, so to kick off this NHL segment, 
We're going to do the new segment this year on the Armchair Athletes, the winners and losers. Three winners, three losers from the past week in the NHL. So to start off, our first winner, by the way, for, for note for you guys, I'm not following the exact order on the plan here. I just feel like it'll make sense in the end why. So our first winner this week, I'm going to go with Brock Besser. Had four goals last night. He is back for the Vancouver Canucks, and I'm here for it. He's one of my favorite players in the NHL. I like seeing him do well. And, yeah, it was great last night to see him get four goals. Second winner, Rasmus Dahlin, the $11 million man for Buffalo. Got a huge extension the Sabres gave him. I believe it was eight years, $11 million a season. So maybe I should be giving him, calling him the $88 million man <laughs> if you total the entire, Selling him short. entire contract up. And last, the last winner for the week, the Vegas Golden Knights. This team right here on my jersey, on my hat. And why wouldn't it be? They got new Stanley Cup championship rings, which I think were pretty cool. Uh, they got a new Stanley Cup championship banner that they hung prior to their game against the Kraken. They w- appeared on Monday Night Football in the Raiders game. Jack Eichel was interviewed at halftime. In my opinion, the best halftime show of the season so far. And then they got the win against the Kraken, too, in the season opener. And, I mean, what more could you want over the course of a week? That game really never seemed in doubt after that opening goal, which was just an amazing passing play between Stone, Howden, and then finished off by Stevenson. Aiden Hill was awesome. He only allowed one goal, had a 2.4 goal saved above expected, and made my bold prediction that I put out earlier this week, which I'll get into on the show here made made me look smart for having that prediction through the early going now we get into the other side we get into the losers we're going from positive to negative gonna start out here with the winnipeg jets and maybe they're not as big of a loser as say the next two teams but for the jets here's the reason why is the mark shifley extension and we talked about the blue jays maybe accepting mediocrity earlier on the show i feel like the winnipeg jets are doing that with the shifley extension giving him seven years, eight and a half million a season. And he's he's a good player, don't get me wrong, but I just don't think that the Jets, especially a long-term extension like that, I don't think they should be giving out an extension like that when I think that they should almost be looking to retool and bring in some new players. I think they could have gotten a haul for Mike Sh- Mark Shifley had they traded him. But I did like the Connor Hellebuck extension that they gave. It was identical to Shifley's. And Hellebuck... The reason why I like it, he's one of the few consistently great goalies in the NHL. see a lot of goalies where they have one season where they're top of the league, and the next season they're the reason why the team doesn't make the playoffs. Speaking of which, next loser, Calgary Flames, and more specifically their Calgary Flames front office. And here's why, is I don't get why they sent Dustin Wolf down to the AHL last week. I don't really know what more he has to prove in the AHL. Was the AHL goalie of the year last season? He's He was ready for a call-up to the NHL last season. I just don't know why they're sending him down. And I think there's a pretty clear solution here for Calgary, and I better shout out my buddy Ryan Lawson, who told me to talk about this on the show. But uh, the cl- clear solution for Calgary in regards to their goalie situation, I think, is to trade Daniel Vladar, who's currently their backup, start Jacob Markstrom, have Wolf start out as the backup. That way he has a mentor above him. In case Wolf doesn't play well, then you can always fall back on Markstrom. And the reason why I say that is because 
Vladar was worse than Markstrom last season. And his ceiling is way lower than the other two guys. Whereas I think Markstrom, he was, well, he was second in Vesna voting here now in the 2022 season. He can be elite. Like, I think he might be, he might be elite this season. So you don't really want to trade him and have him go to a different team and have success there. And lastly, the loser for the week. They aren't just the losers, but they are the ultimate losers this week. We've got the Edmonton Oilers. All that hype in the offseason, all that, and they fall flat 8-1 against the Canucks in the season opener last night. Pretty disappointing, and it wasn't me who was calling them the Stanley Cup favorites. I knew better. I knew to pick the Dallas Stars. (laughs) But uh, no, Edmonton, they fall flat on night one. And as well, after the game, Connor McDavid was whining in the post-game interview and said that basically he was disappointed that the Canucks put out their top power play unit up 8-1 and that they put in their backup, which they put in their backup because Thatcher Demko literally threw up out on the ice in his mask. And so they had to put in Casey DeSmith. But even, let's say if the Canucks up 8-1 decided, you know what, let's throw in Casey DeSmith. How's that any different from throwing in a backup quarterback in a game that's out of control? It's not. Not even in the slightest. You're trying to prevent injuries from your top players. That's really all it is. When the game's already in hand and it's late, it's that simple. And I mean, I'm I'm for running up the score anyways. That too. You don't You don't want the other team to put eight up on you? Play defense. Yep. Have some good goaltending, which they didn't last night. But uh, I wanted the Canucks to put 10 up on the board on him. I want Brock Besser to score five or six goals, make a statement, let the other team know how much they suck on that night. Yes. That's what I think. Absolutely. So Terrell here, he's not as big of a hockey guy, but uh, getting you on camera here too. The mindset, it stays the same, right? Yeah. I don't care if you're up like the Dolphins when they were up. 70 to 20. Go put up more points. Who cares? If you're getting mad about the score or the final, um, play better defense, score more points. You can't get mad at other teams for continuing to play the game. I think it's more disrespectful when they're up 50 if it's football or 7 if it's hockey to, like, slow up. Yeah. Because it's like, why are you easing up on us if you're just whooping us anyways? Because then it's obvious, right? If the Dolphins, like, just laid down behind the line of scrimmage every play at the end of the Broncos game, that's disrespectful. I'd prefer them to go out there and continue to score because obviously they're capable of it. So, yeah. I feel the exact same way. I'm all, I'm all for running up the score. So now I think we'll get into the news from the past week. Then we'll get into my bold predictions, which I had posted on the eve of the NHL season. So news for the week, Austin Matthews got the hat trick last night against Taylor's Habs. Was a great game, really close. Yeah, we just take too many penalties. At least Arbor. We only give them the only reason we give them a chance ever is power play. At least like, Arbor Jack I manhandled yeah, Ryan Reeves. He sure did. That guy's a little rat. <laughs> I hate Ryan Reeves. Um, you, you heard it here here you heard it here first, Ryan Reeves. If yeah, you're listening, yeah. Taylor thinks you you're here, a rat. Buddy. Come here, give me a little, give me a little smooch, and I'll fucking entertain it. There we go. Um, anyways, I think he's just a rat. He's only gets paid to just go and injure players. He almost like took Caden Gooley's neck right off his body with a cross check right to the back, which wasn't called a penalty, which I was a bit surprised about. Yeah. Um, 
but it was kind of funny that Arbridge came in there, jumped on him, did a little flying knee, and then just tossed him over the net. It was pretty awesome. Besides that, I think it was actually a pretty decent game for the Canadians to start the season. Honestly, we have no chance we should ever even come close to Toronto, which honestly makes it look like Toronto's kind of a phony team. They should easily be just swiping away the the, uh, the Canadians. They made a lot of mistakes. I saw a stat. We had 13 shots, and we were on four goals, and all four goals that we scored first were on a mistake from the either the exchange on the blue point or on the uh, blue point blue the line blue line and um like the first goal TJ Brody skating over he made two bad mistakes the second one was he didn't really get a shot of his body in front of the shot and it kind of went off a stick and went in um but we scored five goals that's another thing that I was excited about Canes have really big trouble scoring re- in the last 5 10 years um, so it looked pretty good. Uh, New hook with two goals in his first game too, which was which was nice to see. He looks pretty good. Um, we just don't match up very well against their 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 top six. Their top six is just much much better than ours. Um, although I think the Caulfield line did actually a pretty good job. Caulfield did score as well. Um, it was a decent game. Um, speaking of goalies, I think we have probably the worst goalie tandem <laughs> in the entire NHL. Um, I despise Jake Allen. It? Did Allen start last night? It was night? Jake okay. Allen, yeah. And I just don't like him at all. I find he's just awful. Yeah. Um, he made two mistakes. Both two, There was two goals. I think they were both – yeah, they were both Austin Matthews' goals. The one where he shot right, right from the side of his net, he wasn't – like, it wasn't – It should that should never go in on an NHL goalie. You should be hugging your post. Like, there should be no chance where it goes between your pad and to the post, no matter if you saw the shot coming or not. Yeah. If you see the guy in the corner, you're supposed to swivel over. I'm not a goalie coach, but I think that's how it's supposed to be. Second one, Matthews waited him out, and he kind of just dove for it face first. So even, like, the chances of you grabbing that and covering it off the guy's stick is pretty much zero. And then he has the entire top of the net to shoot at, and it's just a little flick over his over his pad in for a goal. Um, I just think, like, that's what and ultimately lost the game was, I think, a little bit of goaltending issues. Slash just giving them way too many opportunities on the power play. Because when they go on the power play, we have no chance. Our penalty kill isn't that great, and they have the basically a top five, if not top three penalty power play, I think, in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Edmonton and, well, not last night, but maybe Edmonton um, and I would say maybe potentially Pittsburgh this year. Um, so giving them the chances to even get back in that game was was a bit annoying. And they did come back, and they did win, and it started winning, and then we came back, and then... We're at five. It was five to three. And I was like, okay, I think this is it. Then we just started taking dumb penalties, and Austin Matthews just sitting in his spot, yeah. scoring easy goals. Um, but hey, it was a shootout. We got a point out of it. Like honestly, I don't really count that as a win. Um, we had a terrible shootout go at it too, but that's all right. It was it was still a good game. It was still exciting for the first game. And then they're one of the best teams in the in the division this year, and we had to play them first, and we showed a pretty good showing. So I think we have a chance this year to be an actually an okay team to start as long. Yeah. No injuries. Um, Christian Dvorak is supposed to come back soon too, I heard. So that'll shake up the lineups a little bit too, hopefully. Um, but our fourth line looked good as well, actually. I think they scored twice yesterday. Um, so, yeah, decently exciting, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about the one Connor earlier. We'll talk about the other one that's been getting a lot of headlines. Connor Bedard made his debut this week, scored his first point in his first game against Pittsburgh. It was a secondary assist. And then got his first goal last night against Boston. Brad Marchand was doing Marchand things. 
tried to drag him literally into the Bruins bench, which I don't blame him. I also would want Connor Bedard on my team. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I definitely think he's. I think he's going to have a good year. You could see it through those first two games. Had a lot of opportunities. He likes to shoot the puck a lot, and I think that's kind of the difference between, say, him and McDavid. McDavid's more of a playmaker. I think Bedard's going to be more of a shooter. And then moving on here, talked about the Flames. They won their first game of the season. Um, got into the whole goalie situation. Markstrom played well last night, though. Let in an easy goal on the Kyle Connor goal, but ultimately played pretty well overall. Made some huge saves to keep the Flames um, in the game not try and have Winnipeg run away with it. Brett Howden from Vegas suspended for two games. Um, I I thought it was the first suspension of the season, but I did realize I think it was Arthur Kaliev got two regular season games and two preseason games in the preseason. I believe that was a kneeing. But yeah, Howden suspended two games for a headshot on Brandon Tanev. I'm going to be honest, I thought he'd get three. I didn't think that it was I didn't think that there was intent to injure on the play. He went in with his shoulder down as opposed to elbow up. But he did clearly drive by, hit Tanev straight to the head. That's a clear five minute major and ejection and a clear suspension. I just thought it'd be three because typically I've noticed that a lot of headshots within the NHL typically get three or four games. So let's go on to my five bold predictions graphic. And I didn't get, say, the controversial comments that I was expecting on the graphic. (laughs) I was expecting people to be like, you're biased, you're an idiot, blah, blah, blah. So the fifth one, and these get more, so the graphic got more bold as you went higher up on the list. So starting out in the not as hot takes, but still I think could be looked at as one. We've got Patrick Kane signing in Buffalo. This is because I've heard a lot of talk of him going back to the Rangers. I think there was talk about maybe he signs with Detroit. But I think Buffalo just makes a lot of sense for him. The Sabres have a lot of cap space. They're really on the cusp of being a playoff team. And we'll find out this season if they are one or not. I ha- I predicted them in it. But there's going to be a lot of teams in that mix in the Eastern Conference trying to get in. And I think Patrick Kane honestly could push him over the top once he returns from surgery. I think in December's when he's expected to come back and he is from Buffalo as well which makes sense maybe have one last NHL run with the team you grew up cheering for side note I do think Patrick Kane was on a hockey card too once where he was in the stands which is a pretty cool thing and it was out of Sabres game as well so I'm pretty sure that was him Terrell's looking it up right now I'm googling very hard um 19, 1994 Pinnacle, Sylvan Turgeon with young Patrick Kane, pre-rookie. I think this is it. Yeah, that is the one. Yeah. Which is Where is he? Oh, that's him right there in the corner. Yeah, it must be. No way, that's kind of crazy. That is cool. So, yeah, I mean, he grew up idolizing the Sabres, so. You know, is he from, he's from Buffalo? Yeah. Okay. Folks, if you want to pick up the card right now, there's a listing on eBay for uh, 202 Canadian dollars. So It's that much? Well, two hundred two dollars and forty eight cents. Well, anyways, I, I think hockey cards are a little too overpriced. That's maybe my hot take here on the show. Being a hockey guy, I think I liked hockey cards growing up, and I still like them. But like, I wouldn't pay five hundred dollars for a hockey card. It's a bit absurd. Yeah. To me. 
Yeah. But it's I, like with any collectible of anything, really, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think it depends. Mm-hmm. Anyways, moving on here to the fourth bold take. Miro Heiskanen wins the Conn Smythe. And this kind of is because Dallas I have winning the Stanley Cup. Listen, I think Heiskanen will be the best player for them in the playoffs if they were to go on a run. He's a top five defenseman in the NHL. Consistently plays well in the playoffs. I really like his overall game, both offensively. He contributes a lot from the blue line and defensively as well. He's kind of their shutdown guy. And you really seen it last postseason when he was playing on a pairing with um, old man Ryan Suter, who was not playing very well in the postseason, but he's going to still look like a star out on the ice. Go from one defenseman to another, Evan Bouchard. I think he finishes as a Norris finalist this year. Um, the Oilers' blue liner, he's going to be likely on the top power play unit this season, which has been historically great the last two seasons with Dreisaitl and McDavid. He had 17 points in 12 playoff games last postseason on the blue line. He's got a heck of a slap shot as well. And I think he gets around 70 to 80 points, gets the Norris nomination. And I should probably mention as well, the reason I don't have him winning the whole thing is because I have Adam Fox winning the award from the New York Rangers. He's basically a lock for 70 points on the blue line every year. He's gotten 70 points the last two years and would have probably had 70 if not for the shortened 2021 season, which only played 56 games, which he won the Norris that year anyways. And as well, he's great defensively in his own end. Now to the two number two bold take. This is the homer take on the bold predictions. But I have Aiden Hill finishing as a Vesna finalist. He had a fantastic postseason with Vegas. And I think a lot of people tried to downplay the postseason that Hill had because of the team ahead of him. And while Vegas has a top five defense, Hill made some spectacular saves in the postseason. Um, the top one being that game one save on Nick Cousins right out in front of the goal. Had the Holtby-like save with the stick. But even then, his numbers were great. He had a 932 save percentage. Um, as I mentioned, made some ridiculous saves. Had he played in every playoff game, probably wins the con Smythe. Um, he only came in in, I believe it was game three of the Edmonton series. Laurent Brassois played the first seven games of the playoffs, actually, and then started the first eight, I guess you could say. Um, and Hill was decent in the regular season last year, too. As I mentioned, he's got a good team in front of him, and that de- entire defense core for Vegas is still intact. They are getting a bit up there in age with guys like Martinez and Petrangelo, but they're still playing great. Now the top bold take. Got UC Saros getting traded to Ottawa. And I think this might be the most absurd one for some people. But if you listen to my Atlantic Division preview, you know I do not trust Jonas Corposalo one bit. I think he's the most overrated goalie in the NHL. His entire reputation is carried by that one game he had in the bubble against Tampa Bay. His numbers ain't good. They weren't good last year in the playoffs for LA. I don't think he's their guy long term if they want to be a good team. And as well, I think that the Sens are desperate to make the playoffs this year. They had playoff expectations last year and fell flat. And Pierre Dorian and DJ Smith, I think that their their jobs are on the line this season for the Sens. If they miss the playoffs, I think DJ Smith is for sure gone. Pierre Dorian's probably gone as well. Um, if not, then the leash gets very short on Pierre Dorian. And as well, if they are outside of a playoff spot come the trade deadline, I think they're going to pull the trigger on this trade. 
unless Nashville is clearly in a playoff spot, then maybe the Preds decide to hang on to Soros for the postseason as well. I, I believe Soros' contract expires at the end of next season. So if the Preds don't think that they can keep him, which I think it makes a lot of sense for Ottawa to move on, or not Ottawa, Nashville to move on, and because they've got Askarov in the pipeline, who they drafted pretty high, I believe that was 2020 or 2021, one of the two years, he was drafted really high. So I could see the Sens trading UC Soros, and I could make a lot of sense for the Ottawa Senators, and as well, I've, I had actually commented this on a couple of different pages on social media, and I had people like, well, how's the cap supposed to work out there? Well, UC Soros only makes $1 million more than Jonas Corpusalo, so it's not a lot of cap to make up, really, in the trade. And I think Corpusalo would go back the other way in a trade, and as well, the Sens, they've got a lot of young pieces to pull off a trade like that. So I could see it happening for Ottawa. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts on the NHL segment from any of you guys? Shout out hockey. Not really. <laughs> Not really. Shout out hockey. Um, I was just going through Twitter and reading some stats about the uh, MLB. One of the craziest ones that I found is uh, the Houston Astros have made the American League Championship Series every year since 2017. Um, and the American, this is the first time that the American League East hasn't been, hasn't been represented in the championship series since the 2012 season. So there's been a team from the American League every year up until this year, obviously now, because it's, uh, Rangers Astros. Um, so that's pretty crazy. Six straight years of Astros and 11 of, uh, AL East in the, uh, championship series. Has the AL Central not had a team in a long time as well. It would go back to probably the Tigers. No, the Royals, I guess. Yeah, the Royals. Royals or Cleveland? Cleveland. Cleveland 2016, Royals 2015. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's been, I guess since the Astros made it, yeah, there hasn't been, it's been uh, AL East and uh, Astros every year. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that was really all I wanted to look for there, and I'm just getting more quotes from... uh, the Blue Jays and uh, Mark Shapiro and Atkins and it's just not not a lot of good news. Uh, but Shapiro says that there does need to be improvements from the Blue Jays front office, so that's good. All right, it's good we've committed to improvements. <laughs> um, I think we'll talk NFL now. I think so, yeah. So we'll get into our picks, which we don't have last week's picks on the show. I was show just going to check the Instagram. I'm, I'm going to go on there too. So yeah, give by us the some way, time. By the way, folks, while we go look at the Instagram, you should do the same. Yeah. Um, make sure you go check it out at the Armchair Athletes, uh, and then you can uh, you can review our picks with us as well. Um, so I've got – I'll start out here. Sure. I'm on the first slide too, so that's why I'm starting out. Um, <laughs> my game of the week last week was San Francisco and Dallas. That was not a game of the week. If you're a San Francisco fan – that was fun to watch. Yeah, it was. But uh, no, not very exciting. I will say as a Patriots fan, watching that game with two San Francisco 49ers fans. <laughs> it was exciting? It was a tough afternoon. Okay. Yeah. Tougher morning, but it was a tough afternoon. We're going to talk about your team here in a bit, Will. 
I don't know if you're excited for that or not, but <laughs> no. <laughs> Upset of the week, I had Jets over Broncos. We're going to get into this as well. That did go. And we have some trash talk, I think, for Sean Payton on the show. He, he deserves it, though. He deserves Absolutely. every bit of it. Um, and then it's a lock. I had the Dolphins over the Giants. That did happen. It was close at parts of that game, but really they it was away with it. just it. The Dolphins were in control really the entire time. I'd say. D- is how do you pronounce? Is it Devon Achan or Achan? Achan. He's Achan. Okay. He's hurt. Isn't he? he? That's what I was gonna say. But that run that he had, that touchdown yeah. run, he looked so much faster than everyone else on the field. It looked like no one else on the field is even like an NFL level athlete. He outran everybody and burned so many angles. It was absolutely ridiculous, and obviously that's a big loss for them. Um, but the play, and I sent it to you guys because it was just really funny to watch. The play where they had, the Giants had, I think it's like a fifth or sixth round rookie corner matched up one-on-one press coverage against Tyreek Hill, and he just got burned like immediately. I was like, what is Wink Martindale cooking? And it was just such an absurd thing to watch because if you had like, the minimum amount of experience watching NFL ever, you could say, do not have Tyree Kill in single coverage against anybody, really. Yeah. And he had a sixth-round rookie out there covering him. I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me. But, yeah, the Dolphins kind of just walked all over the Giants. Um, Terrell, my, you're on the next slide. I was going to say, we'll just might as well just go in order of slides. Uh, my game of the week, I had uh, Ravens versus Steelers. Um, depending on what you'd uh, – what you'd like to watch for football, I'd say that was pretty exciting. It had was a, a, had a close finish. Yeah, I was going to say it was a one-score game. Um, we can get into some of the things that happened in the game afterwards. But, yeah, that uh, game winner by uh, Pickens was pretty cool. Um, my Steelers up- fans were happy with it. Matt yes, Canada, Canada was, was not. furious. <laughs> oh, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about a little later. Um, my upset, I had Houston over Atlanta. That didn't happen. The one week that I bet uh, against Atlanta, Desmond Ritter decided to look like he was a real quarterback again. <laughs> so that was a little unfortunate for me. You um, can't bet against uh, Ritter at home. You can't. I forgot that that was a stat that he hasn't lost, like, even back to college he hasn't lost at home. And I don't think he's won on the road. I don't think so. Uh. It's it's like, since he started in the NFL, I don't think he has. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's quite the stat, and I forgot about that. I should have taken that into consideration. And then the... Jacksonville Jaguars and their never-ending quest to make me hate them even more. Um, <laughs> I said I wasn't going to pick them to win, so I picked them to lose, and then they won against the Bills. That was a bit of a trap game, I think. I wasn't really considering the fact that it was being played uh, in London and that that may affect the Bills. Um, it shouldn't have. That's the nicest that's stadium I've ever seen in my yeah. entire life. That's what I was going to say was that it really shouldn't have had Like they're playing much. on the most pristine. But they had a bunch of injuries, though. During the game? Yes. Matt no. Milano's out for the season. I'm yeah, sure. I think a couple players came out and said that they didn't like playing yes. there. Felt Which like is... playing on concrete. So yeah, it's because Astro. So um, I guess it makes sense. But um, there were, there were... there's the same opportunity the other team can get injured too, so that's not really an excuse. Yeah, but Jacksonville was there for a week longer. They're conspiring against the Buffalo Bills. They don't were want they actually? to win. Yeah, because oh. they played the week before. Oh, that's true, I guess. Or they maybe, I don't know, maybe they flew back. That doesn't really make any sense. Hung out in Jacksonville for a bit and then flew back yeah, to London. no, I guess it's, they get a vacation, I guess. <laughs> I, I have a point down here. Jags mm. are weird. They are. They are a <laughs> weird team. Um, I was just, I'm pretty, I just wanted to look up uh, the Matt Mulatto injury because he went off the field. Oh, with it's a definitely a year-ending uh, year injury. I think it was in 
think he has two injuries. It's like an ACL and like I think I want to say something like a pec or something. Torn pec. That's or? uh that was the other guy. Um oh. who is it? Defensive tackle Daquan Jones. Hmm. So yeah, Milano just says leg injury and Jones says pec. So hmm. But yeah, that's a huge 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 loss for the Buffalo defense. Matt Milano's one of like the top linebackers in the league. It's kind of Fred Warner at this point is kind of in like a tier of his own, but I would say that Matt Milano is a tier below that. Yeah. Um, so that's a big loss for them. Um, yeah, that was just a bit of a trap game. Should have known better. This week, though, this week I'm back. Um, well, I finished 2 0 again this week, so no big deal. Um, game of the week, obviously, Cowboys 49ers. After I picked that, I kind of was like, ah. You did Cowboys say that, are so yeah. bad. I shouldn't have picked them. Um, but it's honestly kind of great because I don't like the Cowboys at all. Me neither. Um, See, I thought so that could have – I'm sorry to interrupt. I thought that could have been a statement game from the Cowboys to prove yeah, that Whenever they, you ask for a statement game from the Cowboys, it never happens. But ex- <laughs> Well, exactly. But I was thinking, like, you have Philly and San Francisco who are clearly in that top tier of teams in the NFC. And I think some people would ar- – would make the argument that Dallas could be up there. So I thought could be a statement game for them to kind of prove themselves that they are in that top tier, even if by making it close, say if it's a one-score game in the end. Mm-hmm. But, man, they just got rolled over. Yeah, yeah, I would put them in that top tier if it wasn't for a 30-point loss. I just, think, o- I just loss. think their offense isn't that good when they come up against a good defense. No. No. They kind of, like, they're just not that great. They fold under the lights. And well, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say two two other things. The loss of uh, Trayvon Diggs on that defense is huge, huge, huge. That was a yeah. terrible loss for them. And the other thing is uh, Micah Parsons is very good, but he was going against Trent Williams a lot of the night, and Trent Williams just kind of shut him down completely. It was a very quiet yeah. night for Micah Parsons. Uh, I saw a thing on another podcast. I saw, like, a clip, and someone was saying that I don't understand why they use CeeDee Lamb like a number three receiver when he should be a number one. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see that? There was one that he was like – it's just like see. I don't know why, but they're using him like he's not the number yeah. one guy that he wasn't a first round pick, and they should be. Yeah, um, which I find totally true. As much as I don't think he's in that same level as the other rookies, like Jamar and or the other young guys like Jamar and Justin Jefferson. Jamar and Justin Jefferson are the number one guys, and you can see it because yeah. the quarterback is looking at them first on every single play. They never, they're they're always their first option. Um, whereas I find, like, when you watch Dak Prescott drop back and look, he's never looking at CeeDee Lamb first. It's always, like, Michael Gallup and then and then Ferguson. And then finally he'll look at um, CeeDee Lamb, whereas I think CeeDee Lamb should be the first option all the time. And I just feel like I don't know if that's a flaw in the coordinator's perspective where they're just, like, not making drawing up any plays for him or if that's just Dak being like, ah, not, yeah. not my first yeah. choice. They did lose their offensive – what was the offensive coordinator's name? He was, like, a big name. He went to the Chargers. Don't I forget. Um, uh, I have to look this up because now it's going to bother me. Kellen Moore, right? Oh, right. Yeah. They lost him in the offseason. The Cowboys fans were kind of dogging him last year because, and I don't really understand why because they've always had like a top five scoring offense like every year since he's been coordinator and Dak's been in the league. And for some reason, they still just didn't like him when he was there. And now he's gone and in San, uh, I guess Los Angeles now. Um, and their offense just, yeah, doesn't look. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look good at all. No. Um, anyway, to move on past that game, uh, my upset of the week was Colts over Titans. That hit. Um, Colts are 
I mean, now that Anthony Richardson is injured, it might be a little different. He's, but he's so good though. Yeah, so I feel good. like the Colts might be a sleeper playoff team, Loki. Yeah, the AFC South isn't nearly as open no. as I thought it was going to be. And um, they can stay healthy. Enough. Garner Minshew didn't look too bad when he came in the last time he was. Yeah, out. He's definitely serviceable. Yeah. Yeah, so I honestly think they're actually pretty good. And I just don't like Tennessee at all. I find them really boring. Was and that that Sears guy's making his way on to the number one running back, I think, over Derrick Henry. Did you guys watch any of that game? They Ty, didn't. Ty they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. They went to him a lot. Okay. I watched it for about f- 10 minutes. And I think I saw about 10 running plays. And I think two were Henry and eight were Spears. So I don't know if that was just where I, when I caught the game. But I'm pretty sure. He had seven attempts. Oh, so how many? I'll check Derek in quick. He probably was more, but it seemed like Spears had a lot more. Um, was it? Yeah, he had thirteen. They Maybe. throw the ball a lot more to Spears though than they do to Derrick Henry. Yeah, Derrick Henry isn't the best receiving back. But yeah, I don't know. Either way, I just feel like that team is just another just super boring team to watch. Um, what do you mean you don't love the electric quarterback play of Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, no, not at all. Um, so, anyways, I picked the Colts because I just find them more exciting, and they actually they had they had a good game. Um, and then my lock was Eagles over over Rams. Even though Cooper Cup came back, um, Philadelphia, like we already said, they're pretty much in the S tier of football teams right now. Yeah. Um, so I just thought it's a decently easy lock. Um, although I think that Rams, now that they are getting some players back, um, they might make a little bit of a run here, I think. Because um, Cooper Cup looked good in his first game back. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say important to note as well, there was questions about the production for Puka Nakua once Cup came back. He still had a very productive week for the Rams, had a touchdown. It was a very nice catch in the end zone. I don't know if you guys seen it. No. Yeah, I did. Yeah, he was. It he looked w- nice. Yeah, he was very good in that game. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, I think that dynamic duo is going to be very good for the next couple of years to come. And I think if Puka Nakua doesn't get injured or have any big setbacks, I think he's going to be getting paid in a couple of years here. Um, and I think they'll keep that core probably they're going to do their best to keep cup and Nakua as their two guys for the next yeah 10 years um it'll just depend on the whole quarterback situation the one i was going to say cooper cup's a lot older than i thought he was he's already 30 yeah i think he's got another five years in him probably on the safe yeah. side but as long as he doesn't get any other big injuries it just really doesn't feel like he's that like he hasn't no but he's long. still he's still very good for a 30 year old receiver oh yeah absolutely. so i think you give him an, at least three or four more years on the low side, and I think that's still a very good team. I just think Stafford right now is such a, a pass-heavy quarterback that if they ever got rid of Stafford and got someone that maybe isn't as much, it'd be a little different. Yeah. Um, especially with the whole running back situation in L.A. They're not the best, so they are very pass-heavy. Um, but having those two guys, they can be pass-heavy because it doesn't matter who it goes to. They're both very good. Um, but, yeah, that was – I didn't even watch that game, but it was it was all right. Um. Yeah, I don't know, Will. You can go for yours if you'd like. Yeah, I had Dallas San Fran game of the week. It was fun to watch. I mean, it was still a good game. It's just San Fran is just fun to watch. San Fran is just too good. I'm not like a huge like. I don't particularly enjoy like watching a team's defense unless it's like I don't know. I'm really invested in the team. But holy San Fran! Like Fred Warner had a game. Fred Warner is unreal. Fred Warner looked insane. Yeah. Um, my upset of the week, I had Cardinals over Bengals because I'm a Bengals hater this year, and I was wrong. They proved me wrong. They turned it around. Yeah, just this one week. Yeah, I mean Jamar Chase 
three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Almost 200 yards. 192, yeah. yeah. He's yeah, always really open. Good. He said it himself. Yeah. Fair enough. They, and the Bengals looked in that game kind of how we expected them mm-hmm. to start off the yeah. year. I think that might be their statement win of the year. I think we might be seeing some Bengals That's, streak, streaking that, going on here. It, it's tough to say because you can say, oh, well, it's against the Cardinals. But at the same time, too, the Cardinals haven't been they bad haven't this terrible. year. No. no. So big, big game. Even then, I think just to kind of get the confidence back as well as a group. <laughs> yeah, I that's a statement game for they're sure. Going, they yeah. kind of got, they're going to have to run the gauntlet here a little bit. Uh, next is Seahawks, Niners, and then Bills. Yeah. So I, I think I got into it on last week's show, basically. Oh, did we go through that? I went through their schedule and basically. Right, we did, because yeah. you're talking about you're going to have to win this game and then kind of go. Yeah, yeah you're right. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Because the Bills have looked kind of like either unreal or not great. So I think you just kind of hot and cold as well. You but. just can't really take. Since week one, and if you like. Eliminate that, and then you take into you, account that it was like weird conditions for the London game. The Bills have looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. I was going to say for Cincinnati, they cannot lose any games where they they're supposed to win. Yeah, yeah. from here on out. Mm-hmm. Uh, my lock was Lions over Carolina. Got that one. Yeah. Um, Lions are looking great. Lions are looking amazing. I mean, Sam Laporta. Oh yeah, that's a great pick this year. He's, David, he's looked awesome. Much as it pains me to say, David Montgomery's been great, which hurts. I'm one of those Jameer Gibbs fantasy owners. Jameer Gibbs. Poverty. Trader. Yeah. I mean, the way that they have their offense, I just don't think Jameer Gibbs fit, and it felt like they were – like, I don't – I still really don't understand that draft pick very much. What I don't understand then is how they were up cheering in the, the draft. Celebrating, yes. yeah. <laughs> All the like we're gonna use him in ways you've never seen before and he's gonna be so unique and then he's kinda just been planted on the bench. Well, and I mean, it, it was a wee wee way we'd never seen as much true. before. He's been he's been revolutionary on the bench. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean their offense is very good and it's just I they could have done so much better with their first round picks. Other than uh, it was Gibbs and Campbell, was it not? Gibbs and Jack Campbell, Perry, Perry, or oh, Col- oh no, never mind. I forget who Camp Campbell's first name. Jack, Jack Campbell's Campbell. the Oiler goalie. Well, he's also a linebacker for the Detroit Lions. Oh wow, okay. I, unless I'm just totally wrong, but I know they picked Brian Branch as well. Um, it was it was Gibbs and Campbell because I remember people right during the draft being like, why. Did they, yeah, Jameer Gibbs, Gibbs and Jack, Jack Campbell, Campbell at 12 and 18. 18. So, so um, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, not really sure why they took those two, and, and they, they definitely could have done a lot um, with those first-round picks. Like, um, Christian Gonzalez went a couple picks later. Um, JSN, I'm glad he dropped, but could have taken him at 18. And it's just like they took two very, at least in the current, the way the NFL is right now. Two very not valuable positions in the first round and an inside uh, linebacker and a running back and then proceeded to not really use them that much either. So it's like they took something that's not valuable and then made it less valuable by not using it as much as they should. So, But despite that, you know, they still look like a very good team and maybe they just took Gibbs and next year he'll be fantastic. Um, But I think they came out and said that they took Gibbs to be like a change of pace back. Kind of like, I would say... Uh, HN down in Miami, but he really isn't a change of pace back. He's just everyone's fast on that offense. So why you'd take a change of pace back in the first round kind of doesn't make sense to me, but you know. 
they're still doing good despite it. So what do I know? I think we'll get into our picks for this week. I'll start off here. Locke, I've got the Chiefs over the Broncos. And I know it feels like we've been beating a dead horse at this point with the Denver <laughs> hate on the show, but that's quite literally what the Broncos are, a dead horse. Yeah. Uh, I want to say as well, I don't think we should be hating on Russell Wilson as much as He's we should. He's been pretty good this season. And, I mean, Seahawks legend. I don't think we should also true. hate on him as much as we do. But still, he... The way he left was not ideal. But, but yeah, he was he is a Seahawks legend. I hope I hope Russ gets success, but Sean Payton I'm not a big fan of who we'll get into later on the show. Chiefs Broncos like pretty self explanatory there. Seahawks over Bengals is my upset. It's the first time this season I'm picking the Seahawks as either a lock or an upset. I try to prevent doing that. But you wanna know what? Why not? They're playing Cincinnati who up until this week kinda struggled a bit and the Seahawks uh, as I mentioned, I've liked their defense to start the year. I've talked about it on the show. Ken Walker's been dynamite as well. And, yeah, uh, I think that this really could be a big statement game for guys like Witherspoon and yes. Tariq Woolen going up against that receiving core. I'm not sure if T. Higgins is playing, but they're a receiving core of the Bengals with Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd as well. I think it could be a bit of a statement game for those two guys if Seattle can pull off the W. Game of the week, I've got the Patriots and Raiders, and I understand that they're not the two teams that everyone would say would maybe put on a game of the week, but that one last year, we all, uh, some of us maybe have Kobe still Myers have. play still of have, the year. I was going to say some of us still have maybe nightmares about that Some game. of us. I would call it a Jacoby Myers revenge game this week, but I think last year's matchup was his revenge, <laughs> game. <laughs> revenge game. It was preemptive. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so those two teams are playing, and they're both kind of, dare I say, they're good-bad teams in a way, where it's like they can provide close matchups, mm-hmm. but it's like they're not great teams either. And it's just it's just tough, because going into this, if you know the Patriots had Christian Gonzalez and Matt Judon, be like, okay, this would be some fun defensive pieces to watch at the very least, because then you get Max Crosby on the other side of the ball, and they'd be like, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, but the Patriots don't have that now. So <laughs> I feel like it's just going to end up being a classic like Raiders choke game where there's some poor decision. Which, which often makes for a good game of the week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It'll, it'll be like a one-score game and McDaniels will like, punt from their own or like the opponent two-yard line or something, and then they'll lose. I don't know. He'll figure out a new way to choke. That's what's going to happen. We'll see revolutionary, unique choking this week from the Raiders. Go ahead, Terrell. Um... I was trying to be different. I didn't want to. I feel like the Dolphins over the Panthers is like a good pick because it's the Panthers. And I feel like picking against the Panthers is probably not a bad decision. Um, but I have the Niners over the Browns. I just think uh, that defense is, uh, or the Niners defense is very, very, very good. And we've seen uh, that Niners offense kind of stifle top defenses. They did it with Dallas. Um, I don't know if Deshaun Watson's coming back this week. Obviously, if. If my <laughs> preseason victory lap uh, champion of DTR is playing again, it's really going to be a lock for the 49ers. It looks like he's going to sit. So if DTR is starting, that's like lock of the century, I think. Because uh, he looked horrific last week as much as I love him. Um, so, yeah, if it's if it's uh, 
Dorian Thompson Robinson back there for the Browns. I just don't have a lot of faith. But um, hey, listen, we're talking about statement games. If DTR can go out there and win against the Niners, oh, the vaunted Niners defense, my agendas are like all time highs across the board. So maybe maybe I should be I should be picking Browns underdog this week. Um, my actual underdog, I'm picking the Texans again, and I don't know why they keep getting um, underrated. C.J. Stroud is still continuing to look fantastic. Obviously, the Saints' defense is very good. So that is maybe going to be an issue. But C.J. Stroud has just looked very good, and he tore up the Steelers, who also have a great defense. So I have faith in him. Um, and then my game of the week, I have Jaguars versus Colts. And now I picked that and didn't really realize that Anthony Richardson wasn't going to be playing. However, I think I'm going to stick by it. There weren't that many Gardner, great picks. Gardner Minshew revenge Minshew game. mania. Well, yeah. we might see JT get more snaps this week. That is also true. See him come back. Want um, to bring up as well when we were talking Colts earlier. They've got a good running back duo now. Zach Moss has played well to start yes, the year is. too. So, um, but yeah, they're just. I would maybe make a change to my game of the week pick, but there really weren't that many games that I was looking at where I was like, "That's a way better decision." So, I'm going to stick with uh, Jaguars versus Colts, just an AFC South matchup. Okay, uh, my lock this week is Dolphins over Panthers. Even though Panthers looked good last week, I think Dolphins are just too good offensively that it just won't really matter. Um, my underdog, this might be a little bit of a rogue shout on this one, and it's a team that's not good, but they did look good last week. Yeah. The Bears over the Vikings. I don't, don't hate like it. The Bears. I don't hate, I do not hate that pick I either. don't like the Bears at all. But I feel like the Vikings are not that good. And their defense is not that good. My week one saying the Vikings would be the most disappointing team this season. It's really coming true now. They're just collapsing. That'll be the cherry on the cake if the the Bears Bears can beat them. Go on a 2 0. When was the last time the Bears went 2 0? Probably before we were alive. Well, it would be (laughs) just a two game win streak, I think. Sorry, two game win streak. Yeah. But, like, when was the last? The last time they won a game before that was like a calendar year. It was like back to last season. Yeah. So and I don't know if they've ever won two games in a row, and definitely not since Fields. Folks. And um, I don't know. I don't know when the last time that would have been. Jimmy Graham times maybe. Uh, I don't know. I haven't followed them closely enough no, to really pay attention. No. Um, but either way, I think it could happen this week. And Justin Jefferson, I believe, is out for the next four he, weeks. He is. So. so that was my other reasoning why. Um, I don't hate it. Although the Bears could always easily have just a. St- Stinky offensive game, no matter what. The Bears? They yeah. would never. I just feel like DJ Moore might go off again. He could. The Vikings secondary sucks. It's not good. It's We've worse, said it before. It's worse than um, whoever they played last week, I think. The Commanders? Yeah. Their defense is infinitely worse than the Commanders' defense. Yeah. And so, th- so I think... There's a chance. There's a chance. And I just kind of thought, why not? Um, uh, where's my game of the week? Okay, I hate always picking the Cowboys in the game of the week, but I think the Chargers-Cowboys is a pretty good matchup. <laughs> Um, so I just thought, whatever, just send it. It's two teams that are actually half decent, but I feel like the Chargers are a little closer to the Cowboys' level, so I thought maybe it would be a little bit more. And they don't have a bum at quarterback. You yeah. want to talk entertaining, chokeable type of games? Oh, that's true. I think this could be one where it's an ed- a very entertaining game, but like both teams make bad decisions. To We're going to see a Dak interception in the fourth quarter. That's gonna, And then we're going to see a weird Brandon, Brandon Staley. Staley, yeah. Get down, slide, and then it's going to end up with like a Cowboys field goal to win or something. Yeah, it's really <laughs> all about who wants it more. 
Sorry, True. who wants it less? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought maybe it'd be an interesting game because they're both similar teams. Like. Oh, yeah. And, like I said, Kellen Moore revenge game mm-hmm. for the Chargers here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know if I'll watch the game tonight. Like, <laughs> Chiefs yeah, it's just so bad. Like, the Chiefs have so beat bad. the Broncos. I seen the stat. It was it's fourteen like, times in a row. Yeah, I think it's before Mahomes. Before Breaks Mahomes tonight. is the last time they won. Breaks or, tonight or more. I think it might have been twenty fifteen or six. I think it might be either it's Super Bowl. Season. Probably, I was gonna say probably, probably back when the Broncos made the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was probably the last time. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's gonna be a blowout tonight. But we'll see. I guess. Um, What's the over/under on Taylor Swift posts by the NFL? Posts? I don't mm. think there was one last week. No, though. because she, she wasn't at up. the game. I don't know if she'll be at this game either. Yes, she is. She's gonna be there. Yeah. You see it on like what Twitter? Yeah, I oh, see well, it on Twitter. I just I just look up the Chiefs and there is an NBC News article. Taylor Swift will retur- will return to Arrowhead Stadium tonight <laughs> for Broncos Chiefs. Is she just picking like bad football to watch because she's gone to the Bears? Because she's trying to make sure that he wins. Oh, that's true. You don't want to be there for a loss. Yeah. And more chance of him scoring some touchdowns and getting some yards. It's true. So she's like, nah, I'm not going to show up to the games where he has no chance. Maybe she's like an expert football head, and we just don't know. She probably is, honestly. She's out there. She's out there to watch the bad teams play, so she can watch some good offense. Mm-hmm. Probably. We got to get her on the pod. Pick her brain. I, a little I bit. was going to say, T Swift. I'm in. I know. I know what you're thinking. I know you're an expert about this. I know yeah. you're not dating Travis Kelsey just because. You got some reasoning here. Oh, there's got to be. <laughs> That's just a weird person to pick. Out of anybody you would want to pick to date, like it's just kind of like it's got to be something to do with football. Or he's just a sick mustache. Yeah, that True. too. Um, Will uh, my lock Bills over Giants? Uh, I don't think Daniel Jones is playing this week, right? right? He, he had, had a neck a, injury. Yeah, neck injury last week. Who? Oh, Tyrod Taylor. Taylor I maybe. I honestly Tyrod? think Tyrod wow. Taylor gets the winning job after this game. If they win. Ty, Tyrod, Daniel Jones will never see the field again. They are not. That might be a hot take. <laughs> they're not benching their quarterback. They just signed to an extension for 140 million. Daniel Jones is such a mid quarterback, man. Mid? <laughs> I think he's below. Yeah, mid. He's, he's yeah. below mid. That's <laughs> mid, nice I think of you, was, Clayton. Uh, yeah, I, I thought. Was I honestly think. I honestly think if he throws like four touchdowns and has 300 yards passing and they win somehow, why not? It's possible. Why not? Who cares? It's happened before. The issue with Tyrod Taylor, though, usually is it not that he gets an injury once he just like the weirdest, yeah. freakiest injuries. Of yeah. The time. No, no. It's I, it probably won't happen, you know but what? it would be great if yeah. it did. I actually like Tyrod Taylor. I do I've too. Kinda He's fun him. to watch. So <laughs> we'll see. The most Tyrod Taylor thing to do would be to get the winning job and start, and then like. I don't know, like a he gets hit by like a bicycle or something and fractures a toe and he's out for the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that'd be interesting. I like him better than Daniel Jones. So <laughs> at this point, yeah. And Why not? I think always. I never liked Daniel Jones once. You should be in that Giants front office then. I probably should. I probably could do a better job. I probably could do. Would have saved him a good amount of money. Yeah. What's the uh, what's Saquon looking like? What's his availability? <laughs> It's been similar to Eckler the past couple weeks. Yeah, Eckler's very much like right up till the game day. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to play. Yeah. Hopefully he comes back this week. I kind of need him for fantasy. Um, My upset, I also have the Bears over the Vikings. I don't know. Boys are hot. I can feel it. The Bears. I can feel it too. No no Jay Jettas. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's just the biggest part, right? That's a huge loss, yeah. Yeah. As much as Kirk is good, I just, when you lose someone that good, it doesn't help you. Might see a big game from Addison. Maybe. Kind of have to. Yeah. 
Addison or Madison? I could see Hawkins. Yeah. I could I see Hawkinson having a How day. About too, both. Though. Oh, both. Okay, yeah. that's a good answer. I think Sneaky Hawkinson has a day. Okay. Okay. So um, now, he's, but he's, you're going back on your pick then. No, no, I'm not saying that they're going to win. I'm just saying. He oh, has you just a think day. he's putting up some numbers? Yeah, I'm, he could have three touchdowns and still lose. That's true. I could also see the Bears having this prime opportunity to come and win two games. <laughs> yeah, and they just blow. And it. they don't. And they just get spanked. Yeah. They yeah. just don't show up. Yeah, Fields that's... looked a lot better, but yeah, there is just the chance that. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, maybe they finally found the way that he needs to play, and finally mm. found the system that works, and they hopefully they got more than the 25 plays they called last game. And hopefully, he did look it. good though. He did last really week. Good. He, he looked, looked really good. If that was how he played all the time, they would not be this bad. They would that be was, quite good. That may have been game of the week in retrospect. Yeah. Probably you know, excitement wise. Yeah. yeah. Um, my game of the week this week though is. Uh, Seahawks, Bengals. I think that'll be a fun matchup. Uh, Jamar Chase and Devon Witherspoon. Yeah. See that matched we're, up. We're all time levels of trash talk in this. Devon, game. <laughs> Devon Witherspoon. It, it will really pass break. It will up. really test this Witherspoon guy, and it, it'll really show oh, if I think this is, is his most real or fake matchup. Yeah, it's or believe the hype matchup. I think I feel like. Is Jamal Adams back? He cleared concussion protocol. So he's probably back then. Uh, I have to. I just have to. I'm just reading. I definitely think the Seahawks can pull off that win because I was gonna say if Jamal Adams comes back and Devon Witherspoon gets to play strictly on like the outside, that would be huge. And I don't. I would you rather have if, if Seattle can get the pass rush going like they had against the Giants? The Bengals offensive line exactly is and terrible. Joe Burrows. Joe Burrow. He did look more mobile last yeah. week, and he was moving around the pocket better. But Daniel Jones, although Daniel Jones kind of stinks with pocket pressure, he can. He's just fast. Um, maybe yeah. If they can even if they, I was gonna say if they can do half of what they did last week, but that would still be five and a half sacks. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe a little lower if they can get a few sacks and get some pressure on Burrow. I think that, that yeah, they very easily can. Um, but you're right. This is going to be a big test for the Seahawks secondary because to this point they haven't faced the best offenses. Um, yeah, I'm. I am excited for I it. Think, though I think just could be a huge statement game for the Seahawks as a whole, the yeah. offense as well. Yes, I was going to ask: Would you rather have Witherspoon or Woolen on Jamar, or would you just kind of rather whatever side of the field he's on? Like, just doesn't matter. Really matters. I, I don't. So. That's. I don't. I mean, this Witherspoon guy seems to be looking good so far, but Wither- like I said, it's the biggest test he's had. Witherspoon's so, played better in the few games he's played. Yeah, but. I just think. Star power going up against him. This is his biggest star. Yeah. Oh yeah. Against, by far. The other thing is, is it's like if he has a bad game against Jamar Chase, who doesn't have a bad game against yeah. Jamar Chase? No, no, true. So it's yeah, kinda... it's not like he's gonna get cut from the team. It's just like this is a big. If test he for him. doesn't hold him to zero receptions for zero yards, he should be off you, the roster. You yeah. know that first pass breakup he oh, has dude. against Jamar Chase, he's gonna be flexing. He like... is the he's yeah, just crazy trash talk. And honestly, I love it. And if he gets torched and he's still talking trash, I respect it even more because it's easy to talk trash when you're up, and when you're losing, I think you got to keep the same mentality. Yeah, you Definitely. might keep the mouth guard in if he uh, gets torched a little too much. Nope, got to keep talking trash. You caught that because you're lucky, hmm. not because you're good. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I guess we'll move on here to some points from the week. Uh, I think before we get into the rants from, well. I think rant from one guy more so pom pom radio from the other. Yeah. Me and Tara, we didn't, we don't get pom pom radio this week because our team didn't play. 
That's true. <laughs> um, but before we do that, I think we should go over the Nathaniel Hackett revenge game against the Broncos, if you can call it that. I think you can, with the amount of trash that Sean Payton was Man. talking. Listen, Hackett, it, you can't dispute he was not good as the Broncos head coach. It was horrible. He was the laughing stock of our show last year. Oh, yeah. But, man, if Sean Payton wants to track, tra- or talk trash like Terrell said, you have to beat him. You have to be able to back it up. Yeah. And, and then, they I don't know if you've seen, they asked Sean Payton after the game about it, and he has kind of, he didn't even really mention Hackett. He was just like, yeah, Robert Sala and his stuff did a better job than ours, I guess. So it's about <laughs> it. And it's like, man. He got on up to it, man. Like, because he was talking a lot of he's what he was like that was like the worst. He said it was job. the wor- one of the worst head coaching jobs in NFL history. Which is, abs- you had Urban Meyer in the league the year <laughs> before that. Like it, yes, it was bad, but you've had worse. And then to say all that, and then to go in there and lose to Zach Wilson, is like mm, not a good look. I don't know, especially when Russ has been playing pretty good. Granted, their defense has not looked nearly as good as it did last season, but yeah, it's just it's just not a good look for uh, for Sean Payton. Yeah, Russ, he had the game losing fumble, which turned into six for the Jets. Basically, yeah. put a the final nail in the coffin. coffin. And then, what else do we need to talk about before we get to the other two here? <laughs> Packers, they lost to the Raiders. Jordan Love wasn't good. I wish we had Truman on this show because. That was like a nightmare scenario oh, for him dude. because not only did the Packers lose to the Raiders on Monday Night Football, but his favorite hockey player Jack Eichel was on the <laughs> was on the halftime. He was there to interviewed. witness it. Yeah, man, that that interception he threw was like one of the worst picks I've seen in like a long time. Not it was like triple coverage, but there wasn't even it was like the Packers receiver was like behind the guy he was throwing to. Yeah, it went straight to the Raiders defender. That was bad. I didn't even, like, I don't understand even what he was throwing at, really. It just, he threw it, like, you can say that a guy threw it directly to a defense. He threw it, like, directly to the defense. He could have handed the ball to the linebacker. It just, it was just, like, a a very, very weird play. I think we'll go to Will next, because I want to end the uh, football segment off on a good note with Taylor. Ah, yes, okay. So, Will, Patriots game, give me your review. Um, well, I mean, it was tough to start. Uh, I think Demario Douglas first got kind of – he caught a nice throw from Mac Jones and then kind of got <laughs> popped in the head and out for concussion protocol. And then the game, Juju Smith-Schuster had the same thing. And there they were two kinda, of our top guys. Kind of hooped say. after that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put them – up there with any of the best receivers in the league, but but some of the best options on our team. Yeah, and I I don't know, man. We we had one chance to score on a field goal. I think it was a 51 yard field goal. Missed a little bit to the left, and I don't think we saw another scoring attempt for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. It was. It's just. It's tough, man. And I know you're sick of the zappy talk as well. I, I am sick of the zappy talk because he goes in the game yeah. and he's not better than Mac Jones. Yeah. Low bar to clear, by the way. Seriously. Like, 
everybody you look at the ig comments under an espn patriots post everybody oh trade mac jones bench him zappy's better he's not i no. mean mac jones is still better and he's still the starter but it's just as much as he does make mistakes and he does just make stupid throws it's how do you succeed in this offense you can't you can't dude I, I got to know how like long he has in the pocket because it is not long and it is a tight pocket. It's just, it's hard to succeed. And we don't have a run game because, I mean, we're never up. Mm-hmm. So we, we're forced to throw the ball. It's just, it's so bad, man. It's, <laughs> it's so bad. And I know you said earlier, Clayton, that, the Patriots are like Patriots and the Raiders are both like good bad teams. Yeah. At this point, with Judon being out and Gonzo being out, we aren't yeah. a good bad team. We are a bad football team right now. I think I was, I think I was thinking of like the start of the season when the Patriots when first they couple of games held were close. the Dolphins to what twenty four. I don't I don't know what happened. I mean, first game of the season Injuries against the well. Eagles, and we we're a score away. Same thing with the Dolphins. We're a score away. Yeah. I don't know why we can't compete with worse teams than them. I mean, yeah, injuries. And that's a big part of it. But So I want to ask you this question because I agree about your whole that they shouldn't play Zappi. But do you, do you think they will? Because they've benched Mac Jones now the last two weeks. Do you think that they put in Zappi, or do you think they, they start Mac Jones against the Raiders? Mac Jones is the starter. Okay. It's uh, uh, Belichick already said that. Okay. But, I mean, Zappi's been playing because we've been getting blown out. Yeah. And it's it's like there's no reason for Mac to still be in. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I think I've said this before, but I'm a supporter. I want to see Mac succeed. Yeah. And I, I just don't think it's entirely a quarterback problem. I think just the entire offense is a grade below a successful team. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Who knows? We might see Zappy in this game. I think if Mac continues to make bad decisions uh, when the game is still close, I do think Zappy will come in. Yeah. But if we continue to keep getting blown out i'm like zappy's gonna be in there yeah i am kind of excited this week though we'll get to see some rookie action i'm hoping from Kayshawn booty mm. uh i forget what round they picked him in but he, he was, was their late. first receiver yeah um off the board and we really haven't seen him yet this year so he's fast he's fast maybe that's something Maybe we'll see something there. That's really, I mean, you don't really have anybody in that offense that's fast. No. So, Jacoby Myers kind of was last year, and then oh, obviously man. they lost him. Jacoby Myers looks so good. I was going to say, why year. Why they gave, the contracts were exactly the same between Juju and Jacoby Myers. I think Jacoby got 33, actually, and oh, what, did Juju he? got 25. I just yeah, saw something good. earlier today. Hmm. Maybe with, like, uh, incentives bonus, yeah, incentive, incentives. But still, I mean... Juju so far this year is not a twenty-five dollar, twenty-five million dollar man. <laughs> He's a twenty-five dollar man. man. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jacoby Myers looks so good, and I mean it helps having 
Devonte Adams on your team. He's a not, really good compliment. To yeah, Devontae not be, not being the number one guy, but being mm-hmm. able to step in as the number two guy, and I don't know, he looks great. Yeah. It's tough that we let him go. I think ah, Bill Bill is uh, getting a little frustrating. Yeah, he's still so so good at picking guys out for defense. Yeah, and finding guys like gems in the late round and especially corners and defensive backs, like you said with Christian Gonzalez this year. And obviously he's getting J.C. Jackson back, who is another guy that was kind of in that same vein. But, yeah, with the offense, it's like hasn't been good and they haven't had good pieces. And, like, they're just – they've been disappointing for a long time. Yeah, I think he's got to step aside in the offense a little bit more, especially in, like, the GM role. Mm -hmm. He's got to let somebody else figure out these guys because, I don't know. He's not been doing it on the offensive side yeah. since Brady. That's about all I have to say. It's tough out here. Yeah. Tough I, being a Patriots fan. I think now we'll move on to the Steelers. Got the win over Baltimore. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, just going off the top of my head, Steelers are now top of the AFC North, are they not? I, I think so. I believe so. Sure are. <laughs> See, it doesn't always have to be good offense, fellas. They're have tied. To be good they're tied with the Ravens at three and two, which they'd have the tiebreaker right the now. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I I watched a bit of that game. Yeah. It was pretty good. Um. Baltimore didn't look great though. Like I wouldn't say it was all solely on Pittsburgh <laughs> I'm being. I'm gonna say specifically one part of Baltimore looked really bad. Their receivers. <laughs> I'd say yeah. As a team, yeah. they didn't look great, but. Their receivers were terrible, mm. like god awful. And yeah, Lamar had the fumble and the pick, but if he they would have caught all the passes, started the game for touchdowns and first downs and everything else, he wouldn't have been in situation to throw that pick. <laughs> so it's just yeah, they looked really really bad. And that drop compilation was like just comical, difficult, difficult to yeah, watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was like I said, <laughs> it's the that the. Matt Canada effect is now spreading to other teams. He's infecting the other teams' offenses too, not just the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, there's not much to say. Like Matt. Pickett, Pickett had a good like fourth quarter. I found Pickens still still love that guy. Mm-hmm. I still think he's very very good. Um, Speaking of Pickens and Matt Canada, Matt Canada looked mad on Pickens' game winning touchdown, <laughs> which tough, is hilarious. Buddy. Just tough. Just <laughs> If this was an explicit podcast, I would say something, but I won't. Um, yeah, I I hate him. Like, why are you angry? Like, he's literally watching his own team win the game against their biggest it's, rivals, and it's just dead face. Like, go home. Like, if you don't want to be there, go home. It's so much funnier because everyone else in the background like, is Like, quarterbacks call autos balls all the time. Yeah. It doesn't mean that we hate, like, I mean, they probably do not like him, but it doesn't always mean that they don't like what your decision is. And it worked. Sometimes if it he is- goes down and Pickett throws it into double coverage and it's a pick, turn back for a touchdown, they lose, fair enough. Pickens was wide open. Oh, it yeah. was a great play call. It was. They pressed him on the one side. He was wide open. There wasn't another guy within 15 yards of him. Mm-hmm. As long as he beats that guy, and if he doesn't beat that guy, it's probably going to be a holding call or a pass interference yeah. call because you're going to just jam him at the starting line and then and then go past him. And it's gonna, there's going to be a tug there or something. Like There's, there's pretty much a no no chance unless it was a really poorly thrown ball by Pickett that that was not going to go right. And to make him, like, to just pan to him, just sour face, like, ticked off, like, doesn't really 
like it just makes me annoyed. Like you won the game, dude. Yeah. Like just what, what, be happy you still have a job. What was funny was uh, Tuesday for the Penguins home opener, fans were chanting "Fire Canada,", Fire Canada. which I find pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> Members of the team don't like him. The fans don't like him. Everyone else from the outside in can recognize he's a bad offensive coordinator, and yet he's still on the team for some reason. The thing is, I don't know who they'd get. Who's There's got to be someone out there that would at least, yeah. if they scored, be excited. He must, yeah, no, that's true. He must know where the bodies are buried or he's something. He's got something. Yeah, that's true. He's got <laughs> some sort of dirt on the on the Pittsburgh front office. I don't know. But, yeah, right now it seems like they're not even bothering looking. I think they're not going to bother looking until they start losing a lot of games, which right now three and two isn't that bad for a team that can't play offense. Yeah. So, I think he's keeping his job basically based on their success. Yeah. yeah. As a team. So, so I was I saw a quote and it was from Pickett and he said that it was essentially just confirming that he did call an audible on that play because mm-hmm. he saw cover zero, so he knew that like you said he wouldn't have help on that ball to Pickens. And throwing a one-on-one to Pickens is like a pretty – you get some it's good results. a super high percentage play. <laughs> get some good results when you Much more high percentage than probably what Matt Cannon was going to call. But listen, that Najee Harris run right up the middle for negative two yards. Could have been a play. You right. never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's my second most hated stealer for sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was just essentially, yeah, Pickett confirmed that it was an audible because he saw cover zero. So. Like, I just don't understand what's the risk in that play. Besides an underthrown ball, which hopefully you're confident enough to be able to throw it past the defender on a one-on-one. And he had good separation, too. Oh, he had like, miles of separation. Yeah. It was not a difficult play for Pickett to make. Mm-mm. But the only thing it would have been would have been his fault. Yep. Right? And then, obviously, Matt Canada probably would have turned on him and said, just this is why you don't audible. You listen to what I have to say. And there probably would have been a big argument. And then... Who knows what would happen from there? I think it was a great play call, and that's the reason yeah. why Penny Pickett's the starting quarterback of the team. You're supposed to yeah. have confidence in someone you, like that. If, you should have faith in your starting quarterback. As much as throw. he's a younger guy, he obviously is got his head screwed on right, and maybe he should call more audibles and maybe we would score more touchdowns. Because right now, for the first five games, it probably on offense at least, it seems like he's too scared to call audibles and make changes. Yeah, like watching the games, they call very few audibles. Mm-hmm. It's always just like, okay, we're running it to Najee up the middle, and then the defense sets up for that, and then they they might motion Pickens out wide, and they don't they don't bother throwing it. Mm-hmm. I, I just like like why like why not why not? Because I don't even know how many picks th- Pickens Pickett's thrown this year. Not that many. I don't think it's that many. I, I, like it's not like he's playing that bad that they're like worried about it. Like no offense, will, but if I was in. In the Patriots side, Mac Jones is not playing very good right now. So no. they're probably gonna. They would probably, if he was playing for the Steelers, they'd throw the run. They would run it even more because they're not confident. Pickett hasn't looked that bad. What is the stats this year? He's had four picks in five games, which obviously isn't incredible. But well, how many touchdowns? Passes? Could be worse. Five. five. So not great. But again, he's not throwing the ball downfield. And I, I think Pickens has what three of those touchdowns? Uh, two or three? Primer has two. Has two. So you're probably right. Yeah. Oh, so then it's probably two, and then Pickens has two, and then I think that uh, oh, yeah, Austin someone guy. Oh, that streak. Austin. Like, yeah, yeah, Something you're right. Austin. You're right. Caught that. Calvin. Calvin. Calvin Austin. I don't know. Yeah. Some, yeah. some bum. But <gasps> How dare you. Not a bum, but an unknown player. How dare you. Either way, I just think our offense is just not even based on just play calling. I think our personnel is very good. 
Well, we don't have very many exciting players on offense besides Pickens. Really? What the? What so hopefully DeAndre Johnson comes back and he's good because maybe that'll make Matt Canada throw the ball even more. But we'll yeah, see. or at least make Pickett audible more. Because either way, if you had him or Deontay or Pickens on that side on a one on one, it's going to oh, yeah. be a touchdown because Deontay is very good as well. That's two very good receivers. Yeah. So hopefully when they both come back, maybe that'll kickstart their offense a little bit more, and they'll start throwing more deep balls. Because I find right now they're also very conservative. They don't they don't go for much deep stuff. Which also like Mike Tomlin is on the more conservative side. I find as a head coach. Listen, you don't go. You don't get stay above. Uh, at least on offense. At least on oh, offense, yeah. he's more conservative. Defense, he he does take risks. Yeah. And for the last since I've been a Steeler, for the most part, it works out. Because yep. they've always had good defenses, but. Yeah, I don't know. There's we're three and two. That's great. Can't I, I can't complain. We could be in much worse situation. Yeah. And that division is not that great. So I could see us winning that division. It's definitely possible. It's yeah. With the Baltimore has had their ups and they've had their downs as well. They they're just they they have the injury bug. Cincinnati Which, hasn't lived up their expectations. I mean, although I still think Cincinnati can go on a roll. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I think we would still have tr- trouble with Cincinnati in the late season as long as they don't. <laughs> Starting after this week, they can go on a roll. Yeah. yeah One well, more week and they can yeah. start winning. <laughs> yeah. I, either way, I think if, well, if Cincinnati starts to roll, then Pittsburgh might be in a little bit of trouble for that first spot. And Pittsburgh has to still do their job as well. Um, but I'll take three and two. Like, honestly, we're not doing that bad the staying at 500 boat we're still afloat Mike yeah Palmer's i'm okay with i'm okay with a one over two over 500 season because <laughs> that hopefully makes us win the make the playoffs yeah um, unfortunately we're talking about like we talked about earlier teams that are okay with staying like we made the playoffs we're staying at mediocrity mm-hmm. oh no they'll never win a playoff series yeah team they have right now no but um hey it's okay we're in rebuild mode sort of true so. true to make the playoffs as a Rebuild-ish team. Not terrible. Happy with that. Not terrible. Do we wanna? Do we wanna do NBA predictions like a season preview? I would. I would have to look into it a little bit more. Okay, that um, might be a next week's. I'm in the works of a graphic. Okay, all right. We'll we'll hold off. What I will say though is, you can you can have me down for Raptors one seed in the East. They're not losing a game, folks. Mm. They're yet to lose a game. Listen, if the if the streak continues based on the current math that we have, you can check the numbers at home. Top mm. ten moments recorded before disaster. Listen, you don't gotta, <laughs> you don't gotta worry about that because yeah. if I'm wrong, it's because if I'm wrong, uh, one of my sources lied to me, and I can't tell you who my sources are. So, mm-hmm. but I know Victor Wembanyama. Will was Wendy. showing me. Oh yeah. Will was showing me highlights before coming uh coming into the studio for the show <laughs> oh. and they are cra- he doesn't look like a real he doesn't, person he doesn't look like he's trying out there no. and he, but he's just dominating he kind of looks like slender man a little Do bit you, i don't know if you guys saw i showed clayton the play uh wemby had it top right uh on the three-point line gets the pass takes one dribble kind of backs his defender down spins off of it and then takes the ball from his right hand Brings it down under to his left like a jelly from the right side of the hoop to the left. Oh, and then scoops it. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. No, that was was one of his better plays. Even his dunks don't even look real. The dunk dunk is... He just walks and then just puts his arm up. (laughs) He just, like, hops. Like, what's the point of even jumping, dude? (laughs) The the play that I was thinking of, and this is, like, I think where he's going to be most valuable, especially starting off, 
is him on defense, he changes, like, the entire way that you have to play offense when you're going against him because he's so long and he's like, moves so well for his size. He can be on the three-point line and still, like, def- effectively defending oh, someone. Oh, as a help paint. defender, he's, he's going to be, yeah, next mm-hmm. level. And you saw it. I can't remember. It was against the Thunder, and I can't remember who it was, but he was defending, like, in the wing, and then they got passed out, and he went from, like, the wing and took a step in and stripped a guy that was, like, driving into the key. And then went and dunked. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it like it doesn't even make sense. It's because his wingspan is like eight it's foot eight seven. Feet. Yeah, so it's ridiculous. He covers that much more ground than other players. Yeah, and he's pretty athletic too for that just, big of a it's guy. Just, yeah, the combination of length and still having good agility for his yeah, size. like if yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he does this year. That was interesting to watch though. Uh, Wemby versus Chet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chet was handling the ball a whole lot, like. Mm-hmm. Not even just, like, initiating plays, but, like, bringing the ball up the court, like, crossing half. Yeah, I think having Shy off the ball, it helps him a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, although Shy is a very good isolation player, um, it's kind of like Curry, Sitch, with yeah. Chris yeah. Paul. Yeah. Like, he can play off the ball now, yeah. so it helps that team spread out even more. Dude, I think the Thunder are going to be good. They are, yeah. J-Dub looked nice. I both, mean, you got Giddy. Both Williamses are good. Yeah. And I think Giddy's a very underrated player. Yeah. I really I'm, like Giddy's game. I'm just watching the Wembenyama highlights, and yeah, he is like – he doesn't look like a real player. It looks like if you were to build a basketball player in, like, a lab, you'd build Wembenyama. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wemby looks like a 2K glitch. He does. You know, mm-hmm. when you, like – I don't know, you go to, like, do a pull-up jumper, like, just <laughs> off the free throw line, and it just – glitches into mm-hmm. a layup mm-hmm. that's what he looks like mm-hmm. when he takes a layup yeah no he's he's gonna be good that's for sure it'll depend if his supporting cast can help him enough to win games i don't yeah. think i don't think they even they'll want to win games regardless no but well i think they'll popovich is not that kind of guy they'll they be more for... competitive than a lot of teams oh, yeah. in the west i think mm-hmm. <laughs> they do have some underrated young guys kelvin johnson devin Kel- vassell Calvin Johnson's very good. I like him. Yeah, Trey. The youngest no, one. Yeah, Trey. Yeah. Yeah. Tyus is on the Wizards. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting to see what happens this year with the NBA. Although it's been kind of a snooze fest of an offseason in recent memory. As of late, yeah. Uh, I mean, Lillard, yeah, fair enough. Radio. But, I'm, like, I'm gonna say, is, like, okay. I'm going to say on this show now, like, it's just a horrible offseason. There's been no trades and then, uh Next thing you know, in two hours, there'll be, like, some oh, yeah. absurd trade. NBA is weird, though. Like, all the big stuff happens right at the start yeah. of uh, uh, the off season. Yeah. And then it's dead, and then, like this, something might happen towards the end. But it's usually a long period of nothing. Yeah. I don't have... Yeah, I don't think there's really anything else to say. Yeah, um... I'm looking, I guess, just here at the NHL scores right now. Philly is up 2-1 on Columbus. Adam Fantilli, who went third overall, probably should have gone second to Bedard. He got his first point on the assist. Also, Columbus sat a bunch of, apparently they sat a bunch of their, like, good younger players today. And they sat Kent Johnson, who was pretty good for them last year, which is kind of interesting. Rangers are up. One sec. Okay. I okay. have agenda pushing here. Uh, uh, yeah, Rangers yeah. are up two nothing on the Sabers. <laughs> Alexis Lafreniere got his first goal, so 
we won't have to talk immediately yet about Lafreniere needing to be traded by the Rangers. But uh, anyways, as well, Buffalo, if you don't want to be down 2 nothing to the Rangers, you know what you could do? You could sign Patrick Kane and make me look like a genius. <laughs> Save your season right now. <laughs> Terrell, you had something you wanted to say? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, Connor Bedard scored. Yeah. Pretty cool. I have seen, I saw a bunch of stuff on TikTok, a bunch of stuff on Twitter, where people were complaining about the media coverage on the Bedard goal. Hank, I was too. You were? Here's why I was complaining. Okay. I love that the NHL is marking their star players, and they've done a fantastic job with Connor Bedard. It got a little out of hand in the game against the Penguins, and I'll oh, say that was bad. I'll say it this much is because I, think I know what you're talking about, but yeah. because I think I told to you guys yesterday when we were. By the way, I don't know when it's going to go up, but we recorded oh, right. the volleyball the interview, yes. interview yesterday to, with two of the volleyball players. So um, stay tuned. Stay tuned for sure. It might be might be on a show. Might be its own separate. I think. We talked about doing a uh, separately streaming yeah. exclusive. That'd be ah, cool. Yes. So either way, just keep an eye out. Yeah. So we'll post any- about it on the socials. Anyways, about the Bedard thing because I was telling you guys this yesterday. I was annoyed by in the first intermission. So Brian Russ scored for Pittsburgh. Was on nothing Pittsburgh after the first period, and he scored on what was a beautiful tip out in front. What bothered me was more so the fact. They did not mention it at all in the intermission. Like they did once, and it was right at the end. Like you'll see, if you're watching an NHL game, this is like a hockey night in Canada trademark where before they cut to commercial, they'll show a goal, and they'll be like, "But or Rust puts the Penguins up one nothing. Stay tuned after the break." Mm. But they did not go in depth about that goal either, which I think, which bugged me, probably bugged a lot of Pittsburgh fans, which. Yeah, they probably bugged them enough as it was, but I will f- continue on your Bedard thing. Yeah, cause I just, and I understand that for sure, but the NHL really does not have a lot of marketable nope. um, players. Obviously, McDavid's fantastic, but we've I think we maybe made the comparison on the show where it's like a Kawhi Leonard kind of, he stays, he doesn't talk a lot, and he's and not when like he, that. when he does talk, he complains about going down yeah, 8-1 true. to Vancouver. When he does talk, it's not like an enjoyable personality, maybe. Um, but I've, like, complaining about, social like sports outlets like that don't normally talk about hockey that much posting bedard because it's bedard i feel like it's just good for the sport now the one thing i I thought this was going to be what you're referencing is i saw a screenshot from um i can't remember what broadcast it was but it was chasing greatness (laughs) i I think i think that's i think that was a joke if if it's not a joke then i i question the abilities of the people posting it was one to what it's 894 yeah Yeah, so i I wonder if they're posted after every goal like 234 goals it's gonna be 234 bedard 894 gretzky honestly if if after every Bedard goal they put up that graphic, that would be very funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just feel like when you have a talent that's marketable, you have to like take advantage of it. And you saw well, it. it broke the record for the mo- the most viewed yeah. regular season NHL game. Yeah, so that's the reason why they're doing it. And I I I honestly don't like I watch a lot of hockey, but it has to be. For me to watch a game that doesn't involve one of my teams or, say, a rivalry, it has to be, like, there has to be something there type deal. Mm-hmm. And I was as glued to the screen yeah. for the Bedard game as I was for the Knights game. Okay. So, NHL, if you are if you have any representatives listening to the show, what you need to do is you have to pay Taylor Swift 
however much money you can fork out of your budget <laughs> to start dating Connor Bedard. Whoa. <laughs> so, so you can so you can cut to her after every time he like touches the puck, maybe. I don't know. But we I feel like that's really an untapped business opportunity that you haven't considered yet, maybe. So Sportsnet just notified me that Fantilli got his first point. We were quicker than Sportsnet. <laughs> <laughs> that's got it. We gotta put that up somewhere. That's faster than Sportsnet, the armchair athletes. Get your news sooner. Um that was really only on Thursdays, though. Only on Thursdays. If you if you tune in on Thursdays, you'll get your news as fast as possible. Yeah. Other than that, just be patient, please. I think that's about it. That's all I've got for the show. Any final thoughts from you guys? Um, I don't think so. Go Phillies. Go Phillies. Uh, excited to watch that game tonight. You know, maybe hot take here. I'm probably going to watch Phillies Braves over uh, Chiefs Broncos. Maybe I'm, that's I'm gonna maybe that's crazy. Probably going to be watching Night Sharks, but that's on at eight, so I'll be watching. This it's one of be, the two until it's going to be like the craziest. Oh, actually, you know what? One last thing: all of like the Monday night and Thursday night games this year have been like not Stinkers. good. They, they suck. Aren't good games. No, they're like bad. It's not even that they're like good matchups and they go poorly. It's just been bad matchups and they go poorly. The, the Giants play on Sunday night again. Oh, man, I'm tired of it. It's enough. That's They've had terrible. a lot of primetime games this, this season. Is their third, fourth is it? Not because they've had they had the one against the Cowboys on a Sunday night. They had a Thursday night against oh, who was that against? I'd have San Francisco. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they got stomped in that game. And then Seattle yeah, made Seattle. an example out of them. <laughs> the, N- the NFC West is just giving them a new one. They're, and now, they are now they play this good. Sunday against the Dolphins in what I'm sure will be a Another fantastic so close game. Vikings at Eagles. Giants at Niners, Lions at Packers, Bears at Commanders, and now Broncos at Chiefs. So there just have not been a lot of good matchups. We get Buccaneers at Bills. That might be bad, okay. or might might be good. I meant to say. never mind. I take it all back. We got a we got a barn burner. Week ten, November 9th. Panthers at Bears. Oh, you gotta yeah. tune in. I mean, if the Bears go on a little streak, it might be an interesting. But if the Bears go on a little streak, then they're just going to beat the Panthers. That's a special. The uh, that's a special kind of tank bowl because the Bears own the mm, Panthers' true. first round pick. They can't lose. <laughs> they either win and boost. The Bears the have already won the Week Ten tank bowl. It's true. Oh man, if I was a Carolina, if I was a Char, actually, that's a, the other thing. If I was a Charlotte sports fan with the Hornets in Carolina, and we all know the Carolina Hurricanes are frauds. Sure. Yeah. Add, but at least I'd be putting all my sticks in one basket, thinking that they're at That's least true. okay. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, if you're from the Carolinas and you watch sports, you're having a rough go of it with your teams right now. Yeah. I don't know if you're looking at me because of Miles Bridges or. Well, Miles Bridges and Kai Jones. And Kai Jones. Who yeah. Was their first round pick. Yeah, Miles Bridges is a sad time for a Michigan State fan. I just, yeah, he got arrested again, hey, or he has a warrant Warrant, out for his arrest. So I don't, I don't really know how they kind of kept him around after the first, yeah, incident. Keep him there, and then, but then I don't think he stays now. No, I'd be surprised if he does. But to be fair, no, uh, Miles Bridges. Bridges. Did they pay him though? I don't know. Mm, I don't think so. Um, But at the same time, I would, I was. When he first, that first happened, I was saying I'd be surprised if he got brought back the first time. So they've surprised me once already. <laughs> he might do it again. Yeah. That organization's just like a 
they are just so so bad. I just they're terrible. They are just praying that Brandon Miller is good and that Lamelo can stay healthy. That is yes. Other than that, mm, I think Brandon Miller's low key going to be kind of fraudulent. <laughs> was he second overall? Yeah, and they took him over Scoot. Which yeah, I I did not like that. Go at that, it. Yeah. <laughs> If Scoot ends up being better than Brandon Miller, that's good. Oh, I think they're, for sure. It yeah. Will. I think it will, too, and they're just going to be in, like, the dumps forever. LaMelo Ball is good, but. Melo is good. And the Melo to Bridges connection for that one season where was they were both. exciting. Was fun to watch, but, yeah, Goodbye. they just got nothing going for them right now. Mm. So if you're a Car- if you're a, if you're from the Carolinas and <laughs> you're watching the Panthers when they don't have their first-round pick and they're tanking and. You're watching the Charlotte Hornets team implode. You know what? I feel bad for you. You might be like stick to college sports. Yeah, I was, I was gonna, gonna say, say that. Yeah, at least you got UNC. Is, I think Duke's in the. Yeah, they're yeah. like 20 yeah. minutes down the street. So there you go. So you got you UNC got and Duke. A couple so powerhouse basketball teams. Look forward to that right now. Although this year I've heard Duke maybe or North Carolina might be their first season unranked going into the season. Really? Okay. Um, at least you're just ones. just don't watch sports. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> take up take a season off. Yeah. At least. Find a good book. Yeah, find a good yeah, book. Curl up reading. by the fire. Maybe you could get into, like, knitting. Knitting. I was thinking knitting. knitting. Support J. Cole. Ah, yeah, true. Music's true. always good. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably most it. Most cursed. Most yeah. I think we've covered everything. It's I a, think so. another two-hour episode, but it's in October. Episode, the October episodes this, are always This is like a bonus, impact. really. This is a bonus. Because we normally we'd be taking a break, so this is a two-hour bonus episode that you're getting. Yeah, from think about it. Special content. Exactly. Yeah. Um, thanks, yeah. Thanks again for tuning in. Make sure you follow us everywhere. We've said the username a bunch, but what's it? The Armchair Athletes on Instagram. Armchair Athletes on TikTok. No, the. Um, chair Athletes on Twitter. Yeah. And, yeah, f- Spotify, same thing. Apple Podcasts, same thing. Make sure you're tuning in on Spotify if you we're gonna upload that interview with uh, two members of the men's volleyball team, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. Keep your sticks on the ice. There you go, folks. Thanks for listening.